Hi there, Future Rob here. Just a quick word to say that today's episode is not up to my usual standard of audio, so sorry about that. We did our best. You're listening to the Robert Hartley Games Master Podcast. The following is the audio from my interview series, Short Rest, aired live on twitch.tv forward slash Robert Hartley GM. During the Short Rest series, I sit down with a fellow tabletop role-playing game content creator for about two hours and get to know them a bit. If you want to see the accompanying visuals at any time, you can find them on my YouTube channel by searching for Robert Hartley GM. Enjoy! Friends, fans, and fine folk, grab your drinks and snacks and come on down around the campfire for this in-person short rest with me and my friends at Wooten Forge. Hello guys, how you doing? Hey Rob, really good man. Excellent, very good. Alright, so first things first, as always with a short rest stream, uh, maybe just somebody give me a shout out if we're if we're not good for uh, audio. We did do an audio test, but we both have a directional mic. So if you're hearing too much of an echo, you just let us know and we'll turn off one of those mics and make it work. Is it all good? Dead Aussie Game is in the chat. Says that we're all good with uh, audio and things. Excellent. Good to know. Red also says it's saying it's good. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, this is a first for me. I've done a lot of short rest series. Uh, you can see them all on my YouTube with interviewing all kinds of people uh, from people who are literally brand new to the game. Um, there was a stream once that, that had never played before, but she was really enjoying it. So I was like, yeah. oh, that's a perfect opportunity because yeah, I asked her cool. about how she's getting into D&D &D and that I think she'd played one game or something. Um, all the way through to people who've been playing like, um, like, like for 40 years and stuff. Uh, but I've never yet done one in person, but it's worked out really well for, for, uh, for me being in person with you guys. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I like to start out a uh, short rest by saying that if, if we're having a short rest in the game, what what are we in the middle of? What's the what's the mission, or what are we, what is what are we what are we involved in the middle of that needs a short rest? Are we like on a on a quest to assassinate a king, or are we just simple like go slay some rats? Recovering spell slots. <laughs> <laughs> spell slots, yeah. You guys sound like you've been working uh, very busy lately, uh, so... Yeah, pretty busy. I think we're, I think we're, all in, the stuff of, we're in the middle of uh, one of these situations you get into in D&D &D where you've got, like, seven different quests open. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, I'm not sure which to do. And so we're in... We're probably, That's how it feels. We've probably just gone back to town and had a uh, had a short rest. Uh, and what are, we, what are we drinking around the coffee? We'd probably be in a tavern. We'd we'll probably be in a tavern, to be fair, yeah. And we're recovering spell slots. What, what, what are we drinking at this uh, short rest? Oh, well, this is a long black, but traditionally it'd be a whiskey. Whiskey, you, 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 whiskey's your uh, character's uh, drink of choice? It's dwarvish fire whiskey. Some type of dwarvish ales. Yeah. Um, I always, I always uh, have to think about it in characters. It, it's way more of a decision than it should be, really, shouldn't it? Oh, no, it's, it's mandatory. It should be on the character sheet. <laughs> you have to go, right, okay, what do they order at the... We spent far too many far too long like in games like ordering drinks ordering <laughs> snacks and all that sort of stuff yeah and the team's like come on keep going let's, let's, well, I've got that's, a, that's a, a story <laughs> a story to get to and you're like no 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 we'll, uh, we'll, we'll role play in real time around this tavern no bar shenanigans is a legitimate episode for a D, &D campaign it, it is and it's quite often i was just talking to somebody last night about how um uh, one of my favorite role play moments was in one of the games that i'm a gm for hire for mm. uh they spent most of the game having a date with somebody they they, they, they the dwarf started uh flirting with an npc 
Um, and I was like, yeah, I'll go with it. And they uh, they ended up asking them on a date, and then the rest of the party took it as like a little side quest. Hell yeah. And they were like, oh, I'm going to go pick some flowers for you. <laughs> Rolled some survival to see the best flowers, and, and then some nature checks to like cut them properly without them wilting. And then another person was off doing some, like buffing the armor and like washing <laughs> up, so they looked really nice. Somebody else was braiding hair, and I had them rolling all these different skill checks. And eventually, like, they went on the date and took them off to a tavern and just like sat, the rest of the party sat in a different <laughs> table, a couple the tables over and we're just like peering over with perception checks to see how the date's going <laughs> there's the rest of them doing that performance checks on the day way less chaotic than the, the bar side quests so it's so good, it's so good. True. And, and then i and then i hear about people who are like oh romance should know it has no place in D D. romance is, like, no way you've got to play them out it's part of the human condition yeah um, it's part, a, of part of what people want to and, uh, and, and another um aspect of that is that one time i uh, allowed that in another game one of my home games um, where somebody was uh, dating and uh, exploring romance with an NPC, um, and that helped that player to recognise their own sexuality and ended up coming out because they'd gotten the opportunity to roleplay that in a safer way. That's yeah. It was like removed from me as a person and see how my friends are okay with me exploring this homosexual relationship in game, and then was like, I think this is right. It's a, I think it does have a, yeah, yeah. a position in the game. It's one of the really cool things about the uh, the juxtaposition of roleplay mm. um, and why it's such important for, for tabletop gaming in general is just being able to um, you know, explore an emotion or explore a reaction or explore a circumstance that you know, you're never going to kill an orc for no. sure. <laughs> but um, you know, being presented with these situations and being able to um, you know, proxy your way through them is... Yeah. It's really important. It's one of the most appealing things I think is part of the. Yeah, I reckon I'd agree it. as well. Like just having having that that extra place where you can act out things that you don't get a chance to, or not sure if you want to. Yeah, in your life, and kind yeah. of explore that side of you as well. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a really sacred thing, is it? Like, yeah. I imagine as a DM, like having that person, you know. Try to explore these sort of areas of themselves. That, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I used to gym for um, kids as well, and it was really good to see kids exploring different avenues of themselves because they would switch up characters like nobody's business. They get bored of a character in the next session. They're like, ah, oh, he, he goes to he dies. <laughs> and they'd be playing all these different aspects and you'd see some really shy kids being like, I'm a raging barbarian <laughs> warrior. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool. So I like to start out a short rest around a campfire uh, or around a tavern fire, it seems, um, by talking about names first. So Wootenforge, where did, where did the name Wootenforge come from? Wootenforge, well, at least the story that I, I tell myself from what I remember <laughs> is uh, our first D&D game, well, my first D&D game, I should say. Yeah. Uh, you've been playing D&D for ages. Too much. Um, you know, Nathan, Nathan set up a game and he invited uh, all his friends, myself included, to play. And I rolled a character called Abram Woodforge. He was the dwarf, uh, Hill Dwarf Divination Wizard. Hill Dwarf Divination yeah. Wizard. And that was your first ever DD character? First ever character. Um, I had no idea what DD was about, really. It kind of looked a bit weird sort of to me but yeah. everyone seemed to be having fun so what, thought, you, what, what made you go i'll give it a go well i think i, I previously used to play a lot of computer games like right. on pc and that sort yeah. of stuff and i kind of got a bit frustrated with the way the whole industry was going in terms of you know having to to pay like microtransactions right, yeah, dlcs yeah. and it seemed like they were really trying to capitalize on fun mm -hmm. uh, so i was always like looking for that 
element of good old fashioned fun with your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really couldn't find previous to that. Yeah, but for D and D, that was basically exactly what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let's hope the people in charge of it now remember that that's what it's about. And that's the reason that a lot of people got into it and cut back on this sort of capitalism monopolizing, let's try and make as much money from it as we can. And it's like, at the end of the day, it belongs to friends sitting yeah, around a table throwing exactly. dice at each other. 100%. Um, yeah, that, that's the romantic, sentimental, <laughs> beautiful part of it. Yeah. I, like, I like the idea of throwing dice, just throwing dice at each other. <laughs> Yeah. I think back, back down to games should be fun. Absolutely. Was that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I I know you've got a, a little uh, Aaron Aaron Woodenforge mini. That's right. Yeah. I don't think you see that on the screen. I'll, I'll show it off on my yeah. one and see if it's yeah. if I can get a, a nice close up of it. Look at that. Live live short rest. You can pass things between the guests. That's right. And judge. So this is this was your first ever character. That's right. And this was printed uh, posthumously, presumably, like after that campaign had long finished. It's, oh, is it it's kind of still going. Oh, it is? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. How long is that now? Three years. Three and a half. I've got a home game that I still think of as on hiatus rather than cancelled, but I don't think we've played in over a year. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> one of the players had a baby, uh, another another uh, a couple of them had life things happen, and so yeah. it's like, and then I got super busy with other things. And yeah. Like my schedule is like a hermit crab that just keeps. Like, <laughs> I'll cut things out to be like, man, I need a bro- I need to. I need, I need to stop overworking myself. I'll say no to this, and I'll say no to that, and I'll stop that project, and I'll only stream two days a week instead of four days a week. And then as soon as I've made those changes, it's like, and you're back to being completely busy, busy, hectic. Yeah, clearing out the schedule just makes more space just for other things. Just more space for other things to be it's like, the back. and we're back. Yeah, it's a hard one to, to sort of balance, but um, I like to think, you know, you'd be able to come back to that game at some point as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I still all the ideas of what we yeah. were doing and where I was going and uh, all that, the rest of it. So the name uh, for the company, Wooten Forge, came from your character, Wooten Forge, but that just puts us the goal step, still puts us back one step further. Where did you, where did you come up with the name? Well, a bit of loosely based upon my name, usually. Mm. Right, right. Meaning my first character, I wasn't very... Uh, I was yeah. playing with someone who was playing for the first time and she was playing a wizard and called them Voldemort. And for my first character, I was playing a monk. Uh, and so I was like, famous monks, uh, Frytok, uh, uh, but he was an elf. So I went into the player's handbook and a bunch of the elven name suggestions had Anil on the end of it, uh, like Fenanil or something. And I was like, Tuck Anil. <laughs> and that was my name. So yeah. yeah. Get generate names from wherever you can. Yeah. And so, why? What made you choose to use your character's name when you started the business, started the company? I don't know. I think I think well, Woodforge, uh, the character, always sort of had a tie to like innovating and creating and exploration. Um, this he's got a quite an in depth mm-hmm. backstory as well, which sort of made them help help flesh out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of like a natural progression. You know, essentially what we do here is we, we create things, we build things, uh, we forge. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, we'll, uh, we'll show off a couple of things we've uh, built in a second. So, uh, how, did, how did it begin? Like, where did, where did Wooden Forge actually start? Who had the first idea for us and everything? Well, I think, you know, while playing the, the game, um, we sort of, I, I, I got into dice. Yeah. Collecting dice. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
nuts from you know March. It's it's cheaper than Magic the Gathering, but not quite. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh you know my guilty pleasure, I suppose. I love collecting dice, all sorts of different types of dice. Mm. Uh, and I never really had anywhere to store them safely. So, um, sort of at the same time, I was into woodworking, into, into just starting to get to woodworking, I guess. I built a few mm. things. I was building an electric, electric guitar. I don't know very much, you know, with like various tools that I had acquired over the years. Yeah. Um, and I thought I could probably build a, uh, like a dice box. Nice. So, yeah. he, he brought it in and I asked him where he bought it. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's always good stuff. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Where'd you get it? You know, where'd you pick it up from? And I made it. Awesome. Literally, the first thing that came out of my mouth was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was it? So, you, and you were only just getting into woodwork at the time. Yeah. So, you haven't been into woodwork your whole life. It was no. a more recent. Uh, I haven't. I've always liked working with my hands. Yeah. Not so, not so, not so much woodworking. Nice. Um, you know, picked up a piece of wood. I, I, I knew it was something I wanted to do yeah. instantly. That's amazing. Just that satisfaction you get from shaping something you know, rough that has been grown in nature to something, you know, really yeah. beautiful. I mean, you, you saw it when you were yeah. sort of pretty. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm far from far from a hands-on sort of a person. Uh, I'm the black sheep of my family in that respect. Everybody else does, like, hands-on jobs. My brothers are both uh, joiners and carpenters and work right. wood their whole lives. Um, but even, even I, when I was going through it the other day, um, as people can see on my Instagram, they, the, the whole process of going like, this is a raw piece of timber, and then it's, and then you can cut it and plane it and shape it, and, and then you've got this finished product. Um, it's, there's, there's something about the uniqueness of it that's the, the real sort of um, draw for me. Yeah. Like if I was to ever get into it, it's because the, the every piece Everyone is it's unique. Yeah, it's like spinning up a character in terms of game. Yeah, every single facet of your board of wood has a unique character. As yeah. you know, you get a knot because the wood is turned in this way for some environmental reason. Right. Yeah, and it just adds to the story of these funny little things that we make. And cool. um, you know, each one has its own personality and. You know, sometimes they won't behave, and sometimes they'll explode. And <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's very, very human theme wood, I think. Yeah. We, you know, people have loved it for people, you know, yeah, Humans have been using wood in some respect for yes. tens of thousands of years. Since well, people really have a connection around. to it as well. As I was saying, like, the first thing people do when they when they see dice books, they want to pick it up and touch it. Yeah, touch yeah, it. Yeah. You just don't get that kind of reaction from the like materials. You don't cool. get a plastic or anything like that. So you were, uh, so you just, so you brought, you made your first dice box just for yourself. Um, it was obviously a hit. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good, good enough uh, quality that it looked like a bought one. Um, and then where did the, where did the idea to actually start making them as a business come from? I think you suggested I started doing something with it. Yeah. Well, no, I, yeah. I think I complained that you um, have I didn't have one. You have one. <laughs> um, and then I asked you to make me a. Um, a tabletop screen. That's right. And the box drawings were almost perfect. Wow. All that. And it was like the third thing you've ever made to wood. <laughs> and it's got a 27 inch TV yeah, screen. You should have bought that. Oh, yeah. So, right house. Um, and then I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. Uh, and the snowball effect happens. Yes. And, uh, and then I'll show it off to someone else and we'll go to a, an adventure with Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, well. We should start getting a bit serious. Okay, let's um, you know, spin up the website. Let's spin up the um, the logo and 
Mm. Um, yeah, the first one was a little um, janky. It was just a paint shop uh, you know, job that I did while I was meant to be working at my actual job. <laughs> and um, we used that for a while. And um, eventually, the evolution of the business is you now that we've you know, got the proper um, crest, which you've seen yeah. up front. Yeah, um, and they can see the logo on the screen right there. Right. Um, tell me about the logo. I like to I like to ask about logos as well. Like, where, where did the idea for it come from, and how did you get a decent one made, but not in Microsoft Paint? <laughs> <laughs> well, we had we had it properly done. Um, the you know the, the name Wooden Forge. I think there's a loose translation somewhere. My gut feel is dark, but that's not right. Um, wooden Forge. Yeah, oh, I can talk more to this because my my um, my surname is Wooden Apparently. So it's actually a British name. Um, I traced it back um, through my sort of ancestry mm. path. And the name wasn't, it was actually, um, it used to be wooden. Mm. So it's not why I got changed to wooden, I'm not sure why. Oh. But uh, I thought that was quite interesting, yeah. given yeah, that I worked, with, <laughs> I worked with wood. Yeah. So I love that, I love that Wooden Fudge came about because of the, you naming your character, and the character came from just a, a, a dwarf and an expansion of your own name. But before that, your name came from, which we keep pushing it back, <laughs> yeah. like where did your name come from? Yeah. It's from Wooden, that's yeah. perfect. Just back as far as it's, um, available records. It's, uh, that's, that's a thing called nominative, nominative determinism. Uh, where a person with a particular name ends up going into a career with a similar thing. And it happens more often than random chance. Like, for some reason, like, there are more den uh, dentists called Dennis than Denise and things like that. The, the, and there are people who would say in Baker that don't come from a family of bakers but get, end up becoming bakers. Well, yeah, let's say yeah. elder and I just keep getting older. Yeah, just getting older, um, all right, so you got into the uh, you got into the, the the business at that point. Was like let's start, start actually making yeah. these things. Were you in it as a as a pair right from the very beginning? Yeah, basically. Nathan and I and I have been friends since we were four. Oh yeah, so we're talking about it's pretty thirty five years now. Um, I've been trying to get rid of him for years, but um, <laughs> Hotel California. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you were like, right, let's go in from that. Because there's some difficulty in that. Was there apprehension, like going into business with a friend is, can be... Really? No. We've always done our pressures together. Right, right. so you sort of Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just another thing, play music together. Oh, yeah. um, and, you know, the arguments when you're creating a song are the similar kind yeah, of things. Yeah, but yeah. over 30 years, it's almost a marriage at this time. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, okay, fine, this is some stupid thing we're doing now. <laughs> Um, and you just resign yourself to the madness sometimes. Yeah. Um, speaking from personal experience, um, yeah, we've played D&D. Yes, yeah. yeah. This, this was my stupid idea. Yeah. Aaron, sit down, shut up, here's a glass of red wine. Um, roll <laughs> these. Roll these. Yeah, roll, roll, just roll when I tell you to roll. Yeah, just roll that one. Yeah. Um, no, no, don't roll that one. It's rolling too well. Roll this. <laughs> oh, that's worse. Um, and yeah, these, these side quests happen over you know, 30 odd years. Yeah. I think the cool thing about yeah, that particular game was for me realizing that yeah the the game engine is kind of unlimited you can mm. do whatever you want there's no limitations yeah uh, a, a decent dm or gm will find a way to make it work yeah yeah, yeah sure it's a, I, I, I try to describe it to people when people ask what i do and they don't know the game i'll be like 
Do you know one of those choose your own ending books? Yeah. Imagine that, but when you get to the bottom of the page, there's infinite options. Yeah. <laughs> you can you can write your own option and there'll be a page you can turn to to do that. Yeah, it's the yeah. best explain, explanation that I've had in so it's a choose your own adventure book combined with an old school radio show. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Because it's yeah. got that um collaborative uh, that, that, that um vocal storytelling that yeah, the exactly. theater of mind that radio has. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. But I guess just sort of switching back to the, the business, um, sort of both of us used to work, you know, in the technology sector, right. and we always found that there was an element sort of missing. For me, it was uh, firstly having a challenge, mm. uh, secondly being creative, and thirdly doing more good. Right, right, right. The doing good stuff is something that um, we've both gravitated towards quite naturally. Um, you know, what's the point in doing this if you're not going to propagate some good in the world? Mm. Um, you know, there's a bunch of horrible things. Let's maybe shine a few lights in some nice yeah. places. Yeah, one of my um, mantras, as it were, is like to leave every day better than it. Yeah, um, and that, that resonated with us. So from day one, one of the things that we really wanted to do here is um, push as much good back into the world. And this that's one of the beautiful and romantic things about this community. Um, more broadly, is that yeah. um, it's so inclusive and so yeah. uh, generous and kind, and um, you know the community as a broad hive mind ultimately rejects things that don't align with that kind of um, yeah. you know, generous. That is what I find as well. Like yeah. off of Twitter. Oh, right. for sure. Yeah. Um, that you'll see, um, and not to start get shout outs, but people like. Um, you know, Josh the Pirate and uh, Dreaded GM who go and do these amazing charity shows um, mm. just really embody the best of the community yeah. and really actually helping real people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's one of the things that I struggled with a lot. I'm getting better at acknowledging it now, but it's one of those things I struggled with, especially at the beginning where I would look at what I'm doing and go, I mean, I'm making... I'm making stupid stories and stuff like I, I'm not getting out there and helping people and saving lives and stuff. But more and more over the years, I get I get uh, random emails or messages, comments, and things, DMs from people saying, "Hey, you have literally saved my life because I was in a really dark place yeah. and like beyond the the D was the only thing that kept me going." Or like the the Twitch Tales series that you run yeah. it really helps and like Scott stories and escapism, especially through the pandemic and things um can really lift up spirits and storytelling is a incredibly powerful tool yeah i've, I've gotten better at acknowledging like okay yeah I'm, I'm i'm doing the things i'm making are helping people as well it's valuable but it, it is a gift yeah yeah what's the old um what's the old adage the rock doesn't rem remember the ripples <laughs> um so yeah, you throw, throw a rock into a pond and the rock just sinks you know whatever okay yeah. i'm here now but the ripples are what you know, change yeah. the, the riverbanks and change the ducks and yeah. all of that. It's, um, How did you feel when you heard that you, what you've done and changed people's lives? Uh, I'm pretty sure I cried the first time that um, somebody messaged me to say that, like, because it was you, it was um, in response to something that I'd been saying on stream. I'd been talking on stream about, like, uh, sort of self deprecating and kind of what I've been like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right, but like, you guys should spend your money on people who actually help. <laughs> and then somebody reached out and said, like, I don't want to hear you talking like that because of this thing. This is how I, this is something that you have directly helped me with and things. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's, 
very powerful. Yeah, uh, the, the, you, know, you, you never know what people are going through, and if you can create a little spark of joy in their day for you know, half an hour, forty-five minutes, then what an amazingly <laughs> cherishable gift to yeah. to give to someone without even knowing. Yeah, I'm pretty much done. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so when you started the business, did you guys naturally fall into like your own separate kind of roles within it? Do you have your own strengths within Woodenforge? What is yeah, um, we've been reasonably successful yeah, in in our other careers. So, um, bringing some of that into the into the business, we kind of fall into that regular patterns of um, of the relationship and it translates into how the business is run. Um, you know, I've been a dungeon master for you know, eons of years. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the the, the, so the hiding and you, the, you didn't come to the business being like, oh let's just do this for money. Like you no, know the game, you you enjoy the game, you're passionate for the game. You never know, did. You know no, what no, it's not about it doesn't this, is, this is for um for the sheer enjoyment of yeah. doing your hobby for a job. Yeah. Um so you know it's 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 not about money at all. Yeah. Um, that's not yeah, why we do it. We do it for the, you do have to run a business ultimately. For sure. You yeah. can still have fun, you can yeah. still do good, you can still be creative. No, that's the driver yeah. of this yeah. um, to, to really be able to give back. For sure. Wonderful. So, what sort of roles have you taken on now that, that you sort of divvy up the daily tasks between? What's yeah, the, so, a lot, of the, um, a lot of the getting the story out. Um, it's very naturally me. Yeah. Um, I'll, I've done all the writing. So when we ship out one of our products, there's a little card you get. Yeah. And I'll use the example to tell the, the story. There's a little card and it tells a little bit about our story, mm-hmm. but also tells a little bit of story about the wood yeah. and the history of where these trees come from mm-hmm. and what they've been historically used for. Um, one of my favourite ones is Shiok. I think that's one of the ones I had the most fun researching. Um, Indigenous Australians will use shear boughs um, historically to place their babies on, right. and it keeps the snakes away. Yeah. I think um, just the the scent or the natural wow. uh, medicinal properties yeah. of the the trees do that. And um, finding that out was um, you know, very special. We we'll make you know, we've got hens that we've uh, got hand turned, and um, just the I think the I'm telling the story element yeah. of the product is kind of your your baby. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. And that was very important to me because um, we care a lot about where the wood comes from mm-hmm. and um, the, the stories and the journeys of the living tree to come yeah. to um, be able to roll your dice in. And um, being able to give that to the person who's um, you know, spending their hard end on something we've made is, um, is very, was very important to, to kind of continue that. So it certainly is um, a good element of when you're buying wood-based products to to have that extra personal touch. Because yeah. it's certainly something that came through when I got my first wooden forge uh, product, the dice tray that Dread gave me for Christmas, um, and it had the little the little thing in it, the little plaque in it that's that's how I've talked about the wooden tea tree and things. And yeah. I guess that I don't actually use tea tree uh, for your products yet, and uh, and I was I was like. Is that extra feeling of oh, it feel real special? Yeah, and that's that that entire thought process of making it special for the person. Yeah, who, um, they're going to be using it. These are heirloom quality pieces, yeah. and um, you know they're going to last you know forever almost. But it's um, it's really like it was one of the first things that struck me about my dice box was like this is really well, like really durable and well made, and the the, the 
the magnets as well just feel like that's just the perfect amount of like stick yeah, to, yeah. to not so we have to a lot of technique like, to get those magnets yeah. right and i think that leads quite nicely onto glass d and yeah yeah and that's my your same things yeah i remember we went through a stage of testing various magnets but i think one of the first prototypes we did the magnets are way too strong and it's like it's so strong and almost like cuts your finger off yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's my one. I have to keep it away from my child because it'll it loses nose in it. And at the same time, if you make it too weak, then you dice it yeah, down. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to. There's a lot of R and D um, and design work that goes into the products. It's it's very deliberate and, and thought out. You can you can definitely tell uh, because it's something like that that is really recognizable that you go because because woodwork with a lot of like with a lot of things is like one of those where if you if you've done it well you might not notice because it's it's just smooth it just works it yeah. just just feels right it's it's when it's like splintered or sharp or something that you're going to notice and be like that's bad yeah. workmanship but if you don't if, you, if it's not drawing your attention and you're not into wood you're just going to be like oh there it is yeah, good good design is invisible exactly yeah. um but the magnets are like because you're using them every day you it's a it's a thing that reminds you like that's a that's a good uh, uh there's obviously been thought put into that element of it and that draws your attention to like the the way that the um, finger holds are beveled and you're like that feels right in the fingers and stuff yeah. and there's obviously been that amount of this yeah. amount of thought has gone into each of the different it designs sound. <laughs> we've seen so it clacks together it's just got the accident probably but you know the yeah that's, like, that's, that real satisfying that's click is that's, that's what i like the most about some of the rejects that i've got <laughs> I, 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 yeah I, I take all the rejects because then i don't have to pay for them um but uh but I can always make a xylophone out of the different sound right. you get from click, 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 click. <laughs> so, so well, a lot of these woods are actually using instruments as well. So well, that actually yeah. bring me on to the next thing. So the, we talked about a little bit about the different woods. Um, you tend to source Australian woods um, oh, by, by design. Yeah. By design yeah. We can get wood from anywhere, but we're very much about the marine Australia. Yeah. yeah. Getting, yeah. getting local, getting the tragics of this funny old country and um and one thing we think that all Australians are is quite parochial um and so uh, you know kiwis will have it as well um but there's something special about having something that's you know made in australia with australian tools by australians and you know it, it tells the it tells, it tells a nice story yeah, locally we, made stuff yeah yeah we do see that disappearing a little bit so it's quite right. important to us to um the world gets more and more connected cool. so more and more global. Yeah and that local and individual cultures yeah. come back and it really shows because uh, as i say my brothers have worked with wood their whole life um and when they saw me doing this one of them sent me a message saying i never thought i would see the day you pick up a power tool one of me doing the orbital center um, and he goes i never thought i'd see the day um you're working with wood are you and i was like yeah and i showed them all of the videos and things um and they were like and and i showed them the one of us going over in that far corner going through the different woods to choose which one i was going to use and they were like never even heard of half of them <laughs> <laughs> they worked with their whole life and i was like yeah they're all australian woods well, that's part of the other other, other uh, issues that australian woods aren't really that well recognized internationally mm. and they're so beautiful yeah. i don't realize how beautiful those woods actually are incredible features incredible properties structural mm. integrity um you know one of our favorite woods to work with is bloody jarrah jarrah and you know, it's essentially concrete um <laughs> it's, it's really it's dense that right. of, you know, all this to make burn out all your drill bits real quick oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does um 
historically jarrah has been used for like railway sleepers yeah. and like right right and durable trusses things. and things like that because it's so dense and durable warboards and right um, yeah. you know, decking you know, way back in the day yeah and um yeah. So, so if your GM starts throwing those at you, you pick up your dice, your jar of oh, ice yeah. cream. The dice will be gone. <laughs> I'm throwing my diamond dice at you. I, I, I use I use Jarrah. It's super effective. So uh, not exclusively though, um, because the other day I was hearing you said that you had some South American purple something or other. it was purple hat. Yeah, we get in all sorts of stuff for. And that's because like, your supplier will be like, "Hey, we've just yeah. taken apart this thing. We've got this usable." Sometimes you know there's a you know an old board or something lying around, and a supplier wants to sell it off. So yeah, it seems you know decent condition, and we'll have a look at it and see if we can make something. Yeah, a lot of those woods end up in our custom custom shop right so yeah um, we've got a sort of production side of of the business yeah. which is one of the things you see on the website yeah if someone wants something that's not on the website or something completely different to what we make we can do that as well right um we pretty much make anything yeah we're quite fortunate with the um the suppliers that we have um we've got some really good relationships with some uh, incredible um you know people that can source this stuff from mm. li literally their back pocket like, <laughs> You know, conjure purple heart, conjure black heart sassafras. Yeah. Um, and we we really like that those relationships allow us the opportunity to to have those little special pieces. Um, we we get a lot of reclaimed timber as well, which is yeah, to keep say. the story of that wood going to yeah. you know to go back to my the majority of what we use is reclaimed. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So it's things that have been used once on like a, a building. That's right. And yeah, yeah. Gets demolished and the floorboards or a, a bench or something. Right. Oh, we pulled this out of a farmhouse, so we pulled it. You know, that's out the, of the story. Yeah, so yeah. You, can you keep track of that once you've like cut them into single mm. individual yeah. planks and things, yeah. and then you put those in the little planks of the, yeah, the we have like yeah. allotments and they sort of fit in there. Right. Um, but the 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 interesting thing is a lot of those reclaimed woods are the most beautiful woods we have as well. Yeah. Because the know, age, yeah, the age, and they've been seasoned, and I don't know, they just end up looking really fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I suppose there's also the selection bias of the fact that they've been used in the first place. Like some, if they were used for floorboards or whatever, you want a durable wood, but you also want it to look nice enough that you want. There, there is that for sure. Um, or if it was used for a desk or a table or something, yeah. and it would have selected a wood that already looked pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, plus, you know, it, it tells a story that the wood's been used somewhere else, and I think customers appreciate that as well. Yeah. So, uh, other end of things then, what is your least favourite wood to work with, either because it's a pain in the ass, it's always breaking? No, it's Kaffa Laurel. Kaffa Laurel? Camphor Laurel. Camphor Laurel. Um, so, it smells like... Um, it's Camphor. Yeah, like we use for to prevent moths and oh so yeah, yeah. It smells like moth um, yeah. But the 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 fibers in it are so loose that it just puffs up when you put a tool near it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's very hard to work with. It's a mongrel. Yeah, it's an absolute mongrel. It's, it's also a challenge. You still yeah, it gives you that challenge. Yeah. So you still work with it every so often? Yeah. 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 You just have to. You just have to. You just have to know the right thing. That smells nice. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just in terms of how you paint kind of, uh, different settings than what we'd normally use for our high right. needs. Yeah. I don't know, the technique really goes into it. Because that's something, isn't it? Like if you were doing the same, because we, we, uh, you were showing me the CNC machine, the, I'm going to remember it, Compute Numerical Control. You got it. Yeah. Hey. Um, right we, 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 we were using that to, uh, to create the dice box, which I will be showing off later this stream. Um, 
Uh, and we were saying that if you were just cutting it out of something like resin or something, then it'd be the same settings for whatever. But because it, you're using wood and wood has specific grain, and even this, even two different planks of jarrow have different yeah. grains, things, you have to be aware of that when you're doing all the settings for it. And, uh, That's right. and it's mainly just trial and error to be like, well, let's choose the smaller setting <laughs> time. Or... Yeah, it's very much uh, an art as well as a yeah. science at the same time. Because yeah, you kind of have to understand all these changing variables mm, and yeah. sort of adapt to suit. The water will breathe, the water will respond to moisture, the water Right. It, it, it's very, um, you know, organic is a, um, you know, obvious word to use. Random. It's, it's living. Yeah. Like even, even the boards on, you know, on the racks will, they'll change. They'll, they'll bend and they'll, they'll move in unpredictable ways. And, yeah, you know, it's, it's, you guys know that stuff. Sorcery. Experience. You know, it's, it's did you, magical. Did you ever work with uh, wood yourself? Uh, little little bits and bobs, but um, you know, nothing to this effect. No. Um, yeah, the, the the snowball is real. Yeah, and you you kind of uh, you hold onto the horse as it's running down the hill, and you're mostly screaming. Mostly yeah, screaming. you're getting dragged. I like, to, um, I like to think we're more of a technology company than a woodworking company. Right, yeah, because the, the the backgrounds we've come from, and also the approach we take mm. to manufacturing. Um, consistently sort of improving, looking at you know, various types of automation to help make yeah. the job a bit easier. Yeah. Um, but there is also a craftsman element involved as well. Yeah, of course, you, that, that yeah. film the other day when uh, it was a beautiful blending of like, when you use this machine, which will cut this whole thing out, but then you give it to that guy who can put this set down, and then you put this through this machine again, and then you could yeah. come back and sand this bit up and mm-hmm. give it to the, that machine to do its thing, and then come back and put the magnets in by hand. Yeah, it's beautiful sort of dance. But it still makes it quite um, satisfying to go and get your yeah. hands dirty and build it. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So it's not just this production line of machines building a car or whatever. Yeah. Um, there is that. You know, everything's hand sanded. At, at what point along the journey did you say we need to find a uh, a forge. We need to find a big, big old. Can't work for my garage anymore. Yeah, I can fit my car in my garage. <laughs> yeah, I came out of his house one day, and I'm like, "Yo, you've got spiderwebs growing on your uh, car mirror." And uh, it's covered in wood dust. <laughs> yeah, it's covered in dust. Right. And uh, oh, so dusty. I walk into your house, and there'd be like bags and sawdust in the hallway. <laughs> I'm like, "All right." The hallway, in the garage, please. In the room. <laughs> yeah, in, in the bedroom. Yeah. Hey, you're into what you're yeah. into. <laughs> it's not sawdust, it's man glitter. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> Um, But yeah, it got critical with us. Yeah, and you were like, this is too much. We need a place. Was this the first place you got that was auto queue hot? Oh, we, we were, uh, we spent a long time looking for a place. Yeah. And like, I almost gave up because it was just so hard. Um, Every single place had issues and problems mm-hmm. and things like that. And just by chance, you know, we, we stumbled across this place and it was it was perfect. Yeah. Um that's really close to where I live too, which is which is a bonus. That is a bonus. Yeah. Well yeah. bonus and a curse because you know yeah. like, I suppose I'll just yeah. pop into work now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you work from home and yeah. you know, like I'll just I just it's ten o'clock at night and I'm still working because there's no cut off time to go home. Yeah. That's great. There's lots of space, mm. lots of room for us yeah, to sort of expand. We have a bit bigger machinery in now. Experiment space as well and storage. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's not all bolted onto the side of your house, which is quite nice. Yeah, we're sort of 
um, it opens up a lot of possibilities for us in terms of like products we can make or even the volume of products we can we can mm. pump out now. Right. Yeah, there's so much you can do in a garage. Yeah. Um, there's only so much you can do with just the two of you. So, what point did you start to expand into hiring others? I think it kind of expanded organically, really. I was like, hey, when this is too much, we've reached as much as I can do. We're, um, yeah. We'll co collect people. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and, and you do in this industry, you'll find relationships, you'll become friends with Bob Hartman GM, or we'll meet, um, you know, the dreaded GM or Daryl Gamer. And well, you, you just collect. through my finger in chat. Legend, <laughs> Laura. Absolute legends. Uh, that was completely unintentional, but it's great to see both of you. Um, but you collect these people. We've got a, a you know, couple of friends who were in the first um, campaign that we started together. Um, have with three printers, and so they've come along and right. Um, yeah, the sign at the front was made by right. one of the guys in the original game. So there's a yeah, yeah. there's organic growth. So people just hear about us and, and get in contact as well. Like yeah, and I, I try to find people with complementary skill sets. Right. Um, yeah. people that can do woodworking, people that can do metal work, people right. three D printing and design. Um, all sorts of things, machinery, three D modeling. Um, and I guess we're, we're trying to build this conglomerate of uh complementary skills mm. so really we can build anything as an example the other day we built a bridge yeah, yeah an actual bridge uh it's like a, like a yeah yeah to walk over the walk over the bridge to go over a pool for, for a friend's wedding that's an impressive a friend for the yeah. exactly it's also a friend yeah, yeah. No, that's it yeah. yeah um and and so yeah we, we designed this thing up 3d modeled it um, steel, welded it together, uh, added all the trimmings and things like that, yeah. and yeah, took it to the the place where the wedding was held, and, and it was used, and it I, worked. I love it. I love the I love the use of metalwork because it takes it from that wooden part to the forge part. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's, got wood. it's almost like you're saying wood and forge, wood yeah. and forge. Wood and forge. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 the name is the gift that keeps. <laughs> Um, so metalwork. Uh, speaking of that, how did you get into that as well? Because we've talked about how you sort of decided on making dice things out of wood, but at what point did you go? Let's try metal as well. I think every time we we acquire a new person, they bring it. Oh, I skill. Oh, I also and, then, and then we sort of knowledge share that as well. Yeah, it's Pokemon training, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we find they they may you know, require skills in some areas, and we can. Yeah. share that with them and, right, yeah. and share their skills with us oh, really? yeah um and yeah everyone just benefits in and the what's the size of the team team we've got four guys and, and myself and nathan mm -hmm. so do you, do, you have, do you have type titles for all titles no yeah yeah work titles yeah ceo supreme lodge of no. commander yes yeah, things just need to get done, and it's uh, what we do as well. Things just work. But yeah, it's work. That's fair enough. Um, yeah, I got to uh, I got to witness some of your uh, metalwork the other day, just in the um, in this beautiful uh, um, coin that you created for me using the um, laser, some sort of laser engraver. What was the what was the name of this laser engraver thing? Fiber laser. Fiber yeah. laser. Yeah. So it comes in this beautiful plastic case, but for the sake of uh, not having reflection on the camera now, I'll take it out. We've got a beautiful uh, wooden forge brass coin here, and then on the other side, <gasps> Robert Hartley logo. Yes, yeah, nice. Robert Hartley wooden forge uh, coin. I love it so much. It's got a really nice weight to it as well. 
So this is uh, sort of the bread and butter of your metalworking side of things. Like you uh, I see a bunch of, and I showed them off on my Instagram the other day. Um, I showed a bunch of different sort of custom designs of your, your coins. You get a lot of people wanting. Yeah, we, we, the coins are doing quite well. Um, and in fact, something I didn't expect was like a lot of demand in the corporate sector as well for, for these coins. Hmm. Uh, you know, gift ideas or yeah. celebrate anniversaries. And, yeah. yeah. Sort of, kind of pivoting into that market as well at, at this point. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is nice. nice yeah. 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 And you have, uh, you, you also sort of complement that by also having coin boxes, right? The, the display ones. You That's right. I'll, I'll get you one. We'll grab you yeah. one. The break. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Yeah. Um, they sort of just uh, there's kind of like a jewel jewel function box. They serve as a stand and also yeah. Showed it the other day and uh, um, and the whole process of putting together the dice box that I'm going to be showing up. Um, I'm going to be uh, I ended up with way more footage than can fit on Instagram stories. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to turn this into an actual YouTube video for my YouTube channel and, oh, yeah. uh, and like put together like an actual video of the, the entire process with all of the supplemental content. Cool. But as part of that, I showed off the, one of the dice, the, the coin boxes uh, that sits beautifully flat and flush when it's uh, when it's closed, and then it's got like a little slit in it that you can stand up and, and display. It's cool. beautiful work, and and it really. Um, it really juxtaposes the wood and the metal work that you guys do here. Cool. Very cool. And we're constantly coming up with ideas for how the coins can be used. Even people mm -hmm. giving us ideas or, you know, coming up with unique use cases for them. Yeah. I, um, I'm sure you can probably think of a few. Oh, yeah, yeah. Recently I had uh, I had some coins printed because um, I, I recently got myself a 3D printer, a resin printer, and I'm trying to make the most of it as possible. Yeah. So. <laughs> Make it pay for itself. That's a round hole. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I printed a mini, and as soon as I saw it printed and finished, I was like, I just want to create more. <laughs> what else can be made from these things? A fine edition. Yeah, yeah. I had um, some hero uh, hero point uh, coins to, given because I um, instead of DM inspiration, I call it hero point to try and differentiate from bad inspirations. And if somebody does something cool, I'll give them a hero point that they can use for a reroll later. Um, and now I can physically give them a hero point token because it has my logo on it and the words hero point around it. Hell yeah. Um, and it's got the DLDL logo on the other side, so that when they give it to the DLDL guys, they can have it on their side. Cool. Um, yeah, and then I was immediately, as soon as I created those coins, I was like, cool, what are the coins could <laughs> create? Uh, a, a D20 coin that was just a, a, D, a 1 and a 2, or a 20 and a 1. Create this, you create, create inspiration, you could create, you could create initiative trackers from three presidents. The snowball. The <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. The uh, hardest part is coming up with ideas. The, the, uh, the thing that I really like about the metal coins, though, that are engraved rather than the pres uh, the, the printed ones, is that the resin one is re looks really nice. It's got a good detail. It's really easy and, and uh, quick and cheap to make, but it doesn't have that weight when you when you flick it. It's just resin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just flies off. The yeah. weight is what people notice first about yeah. them. Um, oh, it looks like some aluminium or yeah. something like that. But if you get up, oh. Oh, this, is, this feels yeah. like a gold coin. It's pretty you could even do that. You can just have a bunch of uh, like the coins from D and D, the gold and silver and whatever for the people who are more tactile. Yeah. You know, I played with one guy who has a couple of silver coins that he just keeps in his dice bag because he loves to like he's almost on the verge of laughing. He's he's the one who's always standing <laughs> up the taste. He's got a plastic sword and whenever they're doing downtime, he's like sharpening it with a with a whiteboard oh, eraser. The dream. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, he's 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 super into it and he's always like standing up to like act out his his uh, attacks and things. 
Um, oh, I, I, I turn my miss into it. I turn around and I swing and I hit him, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, that, and then every, whenever he pays for something, he's now like flicking fines at people. Yeah, sure. uh, so, yeah, having that. I'm just getting in touch with us. We'll, we'll sort it out. He's actually another uh, creator. He's a Spidey and Zed. He's a, um, uh, an illustrator uh, and a, um, an animator by trade. Mm. And he's done a bunch of the animation work for the Viva guys. He's actually the one who put me into the Viva guys in the first place. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. That's a good guy. Awesome. Um, so let's start showing off some of the some of the products you make. Yeah, you got a couple pieces here that uh, I'd love to see. Yeah, no worries. Um, I'm very engaged. Um, <laughs> so this is how we call this It's a dice tray, uh, adventurous bundle. Bundle. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so this is the adventurous bundle. It's two parts. Uh, we've got a dice tray. This is chewing. Um, and that's vegetable tan leather, which is the highest quality leather you can get. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we haven't talked about the other work quality. Yeah, I'm sure as well. We collected it with a leather worker. Um, <laughs> so there's a reserve for the dice, and you can roll in there. Oh, you know, the other way around, we do this life. Mm -hmm. um, but there's like well, a like with the Viva guys, we have dice boxes made for them, and then they just take the use them to stop the dice and roll on the table. <laughs> <laughs> You probably be doing that with like precious gems yeah, yeah. yeah. Um it's all it's all one piece of wood. Right. It's all carved from one little yeah. bit, which is um yeah, the sort yeah, and then five and then five. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's all uh you can try to chew it for the first round of these because it's such a, a dense high silica wood. So you can take the other thing that nice playing. Yeah. Right. And it's very stable. Um yeah. a lot of feet. And what do you use for the use for the feet here? Just some simple just some rubber screws. Yeah. Um, and it fits three adventurous chests in it. Uh, we tested. All right. And the adventurous chests um, come with a little uh, frame insert to protect your expensive dice, but um, the adventurous chest will uh, fit in quite nicely. You can get three in the larger one and one yeah. in the smaller. Or you can get a dice box which fits in the larger reserve. And fits five sets of dice. What a coincidence! <laughs> what a crazy! You guys almost so like it was lucky. designed that way. So few <laughs> that coincidence. Yeah, yeah, right. And that that um that leather can be laser engraved with any of your own designs. Right. Um, just like the wood, we can do custom designs on any of the facing of the wood. Nice. I really like this uh, simple detail as well of like the slightly um slightly lipped uh, insert here yeah. on the side. Yes. That was very deliberate. Um, because uh, I've, I've seen other products where they don't have anything, they would sort of slide. Yeah, yeah, bottle to lock it together. There's a very subtle lift, yeah. There's no, yeah, yeah there's no give to like side good motions, but that that's um, that's the adventurous chest, which is one of our normal products as well. But that'll hold a mini on one side and uh, a full set of standard size polyhedral dice. Right. Um, in the other. Yeah. Um, so you can two sets of dice, two minis, minis, minis. Or two sets of dice, or. We've got two minis. Two minis. Nice. I think I did all my wild shape. Right, yeah. Right. The whole thing. Because that's that's one of my biggest things as a DM, like late, especially for later games when you when you've got um some like high level adventurers. And you've got a druid in the party, you've got a wild ship sorcerer, you've got someone who's picked up a deck of many things, and you <laughs> and you just have to go, 
all right, how much can I fit in my bag? Because I've now got to take all of the possible beasts that that guy could wild shape into, all of the possible creatures that that guy could polymorph somebody into, all of the things that could happen from a wild shape, yeah. uh, all of the different things that, that if, if he had happens to plant a bag of beans, bean, then a mummy might have emerged. The mummy would be, you know, a might appear from the wild shape, so I'm going to take a unicorn. Yeah, so the adventurous chest um, <laughs> comes from one of our home game traditions where. Uh, if you invite someone to play at a table, um, you'll buy them their first set of dice. Right, yeah. Um, so you're welcome to play D D. Here's a set of dice. Yeah, let's just roll together and see what happens. Yeah. Um, so that came out of wanting to give someone something a little bit more special um, for that tradition, and they'll put a mini in there as well. I've got a. Uh, where Aaron is obsessed with collecting uh, dice, I'm obsessed with collecting minis. I've got. Right. Um, yeah. That's a very large room. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not as bad as that. That's that's much more my thing. I've um, I've uh, like I've got enough dice, which is separate just to say in TTRPG world. I've got like I don't know. I've got only kind of like thirty sets of dice, and I've bought maybe one of them. People keep people keep just giving me dice, and I'm not complaining. I love dice, but um, I've I've got more dice than I need. I've got a, a dice now. I've got to the point where I've got like, and I actually keep them in my dice tray. The, the three sets that I actually use. Um, uh, in my dice tray, the wooden floor dice tray that I've got, and then like I've got like, just a huge sack of dice that I carry around. Mm -hmm. for, like if anybody's forgotten their dice, I've got. Yeah. There you go. Or if I need to roll ten d six or something, I can. Need to buy more players. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, I have nothing. <laughs> whereas minis, minis I can keep collecting until the dice oh, yeah. come home because yes, I have seven different tieflings, but. Do I have a female tiefling sorcerer with two different swords? Yeah, no. exactly right. So I need, I need, I need exactly the mini that yeah. I want for this. There's, there's, there's always a new character and you need to, you need to get the mini so you can run it. Exactly, yeah. You've got to have, the, you gotta have the, uh, the, the exact mini that you want. And then the problem becomes, where do you keep them? <laughs> like if, yeah. Ideally, I have my own Robert Hartley studio where people, can, where people can come and play and I've just got display cases around where I'm actually playing and then when I need a mini I can go over and grab it. Yeah, we're about to bring my uh, my miniature collection to the forge because um, it's starting to impact my marriage. That's <laughs> 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 the, the fine place to, to show it off here instead. Yeah. Uh, very good story when people come to visit as well. Oh, to play games. You like yeah. to play. You, you played indie here as well? Uh, we've yet to run a game here. Yeah. That's on the list. It's on the list. Yeah. 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 Soon, I've made uh, Aaron made promise me that I'm the DM for the first game that gets played again. Nice. Yeah, it's going to be good. Nice. Uh, let's have a look at the, um, the, the dice, uh, dice trays. Oh, okay. This is a dice keeper. Dice keeper. Um, do you want to show it off? Yeah, let's show it off. Yeah. So, this, yeah. is the same, uh, this is the same design as the one that I have, but uh, my yes. the um uh, Dread GM logo on one side and the Robot GM logo on the other side. It's got a nice, satisfying, satisfying feel to it. Always hoping there was dice in there. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, could, I could tell when it's in there, it definitely felt the mentally. Um, but yeah, it's got this beautiful uh, dual purpose kind of thing going on here where you can fit this uh, way. Uh, you fit a coin or a mini or something on this side, and you can fit three rows of uh, the polyhedral dice here, which is what I use it for. I end up using, uh, I've got two set, two full sets of dice that I use, and then the middle middle column I use for my specialty dice. I've got a, a D3, um, a D1000, 
Uh, I've got a I've got a direction on the eight. Oh wow! So it's got oh, yeah. seven numbers on it. It's yeah. got all different channel directions. So if I need to randomize a direction on all that, that's cool. I've got a little um uh, emotion dice that's to d six, but it's got different faces on it. Oh yeah, really cool. cool. How do you feel about that? We're about to find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice variable. It's nice dice face, man. <laughs> yeah, very nice. Um, so tell me about the, the leather and how, how you get into that. So you acquired a um, quite a leather worker along the way, and you're like, well, we should be lining these things. Yeah, one of our, uh, I guess, a friend, a friend, and ended up also being a friend, but working here as well. Um, had a bit of a history, so doing leather work. I mean, his granddad was a leather worker, and he left from him, and so he's learned all these old old school ways of. of turning leather into, into beautiful products and he's recently joined us and so now that's opened up a whole round of possibility for us uh, as far as the leather working is concerned um, so i think people can expect you know some cool things to be coming out in the future and i imagine everything's a uh, learning process when you start getting into something new like that you'd be like okay where do we source leather from <laughs> And what is the differences of leather that yeah. you don't know anything about? Yeah, there's a whole process from you know coming up with an idea to yeah. getting it to a viable product mm. um, manufactured locally as well. Yeah, and I imagine in a similar way to the wood, being that it's an organic product, leather is it's all unique. Every, yeah. every different part of leather you get, you're like, okay, how does how do we work with this particular type of thickness? At least, yeah, it's a whole new skill set. That, um, Pleased to have mm. as part of what we're doing now. Um, so yeah, we're very excited about what the future holds. Yeah, and you say you laser engrave whatever the customer needs. Yeah. To the... Yeah. So the customer can either um, you know, provide us with their designs or mm. design that they've had done, or even contact us and we can do something up for them as well. You know, we've got we work with a lot of like artists as well who happily sort of draw something up for for laser engraving. So. Um, that's kind of within the realms of possibility as well. Pretty much whatever you want, we we can do it. So what's the um, so let's talk about sort of the plans for for the future for the future is relatively uncertain for yeah. anybody's life. But yeah, I can really see us just getting started at the moment. I think maybe everyone sees themselves that way. Yeah, just getting started. Yeah, never stop seeing yourself that way. Yeah, um, unlike Aaron, we're not financial wizards. Yeah, um, but I think for us, you know, uh, our presence in Australia is, is pretty good. Uh, we'd like to expand that internationally. Mm -hmm. A lot of people I find don't, don't even know exist right. at this point. So um, certainly looking into international markets and yeah. expanding our presence there. Going to tons overseas, like Gen Con. Yeah, I'd love to do all that. That'd be yeah. great. Um, all that sort of stuff to get our name out there and yeah. sort of show the world what what Australia can do. Yeah. And at the moment you're already shipping internationally, people oh, yeah. people watching from anywhere in the world. Yeah, we're shipping Stockholm and Ireland and America. America. There you go. So if you're watching you like what you've seen so far, do check out Voyage.com and uh, see if you uh, like any of the stuff. What's your so what's your um best sellers of your of your range so far? Best seller would probably have to be it kind of changes, but at the moment it depends on how you like wood adventurous chest. Right. I think there's something about that wood that people really like. Right. This wood here. That's this wood. adventurous chest. This wood, but in this form. Yeah. yeah. The wood is typically used on. It is a very nice wood. It is a really beautiful. I imagine a tall 
this kind of um, coloration. Yeah, the contrast is what's really attractive. Yeah. In the Tasmanian blackwood. Uh, Tasmanian blackwood, I believe, species Acacia melanoxylum, is closely related to the Koa uh, tree, which is a very high end uh, that's used in like playing guitars and that sort of stuff. Um, a lot of people don't realize how closely related Tasmanian blackwood is to Koa. Right. Um, so I'd actually expect in the future for that wood to become very expensive because yeah. <laughs> uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it is beautiful. Absolutely stunning. Camera doesn't do it justice. No, no, sure not. And I love that. Um, obviously, you get the same grains that come brown, and you can kind of follow it onto the inside. Yeah, that's what um, we really love about using the one piece of wood. Yeah, and just finding the design that's inside the wood. Yeah, that was a part of the process for this dice box that I keep teasing. The whole process, yeah, yeah. the whole process of it was brilliant to like watch as it's getting as it's getting uh, planed down and like seeing the the, the different contrasts start to emerge because I used the black heart sassafras, which has a huge contrast of colours, and then going like, oh, which side is is getting, and then and then once you've got that, going like, okay, I'm only going to use this much of it though, so which parts of it should be used? Yeah. Not not to compare us to the great masters, but uh, the process is the same. Michelangelo, when he was um, right, uh, the sculpture, the sculpture. The sculpture. Yeah, his uh, I'm going to butcher the quote, but um, you know, forgive me in advance. Says the sculpture's already in the stone. Yeah. Um, all you're doing is you're removing the little bits and getting it out of the way. Getting it out of the yeah, yeah. allowing the sculpture to, to reveal itself as a Yeah. Which is a beautiful way of looking at it. And you're and you're basically doing the same with the wood. The wood, because it's all one piece, the dice tray as it was is already there. Yeah. Hey, nature is the artist, all we're doing is showing it off. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. beautiful way of looking at it. So the uh so the best sellers tend tend to be um these um adventurous chests yeah i think the um the this is the story giving someone something and you can roll in that and it's right. um, you know it works just fine for a portal way of playing yes Dungeons and yeah. dragons it folds open so your dice are in one you can roll in the yeah other. right gotcha. um it's, it's very very portal very uh low impact way to be an adventure on the go it's a good gift idea too yeah, yeah. So, you know, if someone's new to the game or what have you, or even just as a gift for your GM yeah. or, uh, for uh, looking after you. Um, oh. Or not. Or a prize for um Which of your products are you super proud of that you'd like to see people actually enjoying? Is there any that didn't sell as well as you'd expect and you think that they... I think there's two questions there. The first one is the one that we're most proud of, and I think the one we're most proud of is the dice keeper. Mm. Um, that's going through probably several iterations. Um, I think I've got about two of those failed experiments. Um, but the that is the, in our opinion, the perfect tabletop accessory yeah. for um, for for going playing a game. There's a reason I genuinely use it in my like because yeah. it keeps the two sets of dice that I'll need for the game and it gives you a nice trick to roll. Yeah, it's, it's everything that you need. Yeah. Um your minis in there, your um you dark enough dice are in there that you can you know play quite happily. Um, yeah. particularly if you need to move move around between games or whatever. Yeah. Mm. It's yeah. just a great way to just take everything you need. Great conventions, great for going to adventures league and judging your lunch tables. Um so we're super proud of that. A lot of work went into um, getting that right, getting the, the bevel, uh, the chancron, the corners to make it a really nice yeah. man feel. 
Yeah, which, that's probably the one we're the most proud of, I think. Yes. Um, and it sells all right, and people... Yeah, it goes really well. Um, the laser engraving on top, Yeah, there's so much real estate on yeah, the top. Yeah. You get some really awesome designs. I think we've got a mind flare one floating around on the ether. We don't call it that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tentacle face monster brain eater. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a legally distinct monster. Legally distinct. Um, so I think we've got um, beautiful art. Um, some of the artists we work with are incredible. Um, mm. yeah, we're so lucky to have you know have these people as colorists and say, yeah. hey, love to work with you. Great, we've got a stupid idea. It sort of fits in with our um, our goal of promoting locally and yeah. helping to bring up other creators as, as well as ourselves at the same time. Yeah. Um, so working with like local local talent, content creators, with artists, with, mm -hmm. with, with all people in the same sort of space that are uh, you know trying trying to to build their businesses and and to see um, we're all about that. Wonderful, yeah. And um, and the process uh, process of you said there was lots of iteration with this one in particular. Do you, uh, is that a case of before you've even put it on the market? Oh, yeah. You've, you've, like, tried, you've tried, tried, it. tried it. Sure that, yeah, so Do you ever get to a point where you've put something out and you go, this isn't actually doing as well as we thought, let's, let's reassess why and maybe do some more iterations but of it? It's part of the process. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely part of you know, business is, you know, consumers respond differently to different products. Yeah. Um, and that feedback is really valuable because yeah. it helps us to shape what we put out there and, and how we do it. Yeah, you, really you, listen to, you listen to the customer oh, feedback of like absolutely people saying this thing's a little too bulky so or bigger holes. Heavy or... We've gone through like the length and the depths of those just based on feedback. Right. Um, yeah, people that have bought them shared that. It's um, it's super it's, important to it's us. A, it's yeah. a privilege to awesome. to get that and and then you know people who've gone um, even ideas like yeah. ideas for products. Um, the, the dice box we made came from an idea from a customer. Um, this person liked the idea of the dice keeper, but they didn't really care about the, the dice. They didn't even choose to turn dice. They didn't need to be locked in place, yeah. irrigated, yeah. moved around. But they also wanted to fit more sets of, yeah. Yeah. of dice. Right. Right. Um, and so that's how the dice box came to be. Um, yeah. Also, the, the concept of it. You know, flipping over and becoming two separate dice trays. Yes. You can you know share with a friend. Because everyone everyone knows that player that forgets to bring their stuff. You know. <laughs> Quick. All right, here's the dice trays there. Here's a set of dice for your boots. And you know, that that's one of the things we love about playing in person is um you know, being able to share stuff and uh, oh, you need a D6? Okay. Yeah, it's one of the things that I really like about um, the, the big dice spells like uh, like Lightning Bolt and Fireball and things like this, is like it gets everybody, as in, like, if you're only got two sets of dice or three sets in front of you, but you need eight D6. You're like, all right, everybody being a D6 is everybody has the color, and everybody is now invested. Yeah. Because my experience, most people are like, we're looking to see what their dice rolls. They're like, oh, I'll give you the six. Yeah. <laughs> we had an arena fight at Aaron's house. Uh, and uh, my wife is playing a druid and she used conjure animals. So mm. all of a sudden, there's eight velociraptors at the table. Um, so, what we did, we had 
your uh, full play is safe for running Dolphin. Yeah, I love that. I had a huge fight with a home game once where um, some NPC, like an NPC rival party came, kind of came to save the party uh, and kind of knew them and each of them was related to them in some way. Like it was one of their dads had come to save them and he was friends with another guy who was friends with his dad. And so, um, and so because they were all kind of related and there was now eight, eight people that were on the good guy's side, when they got into a fight with like a bunch of gnolls and I had like 20 people in the, in the fight at least, eight of which were good guys. So I was like, all right, each of the four of you players is taking one of the NPCs, the one that's related to. So you're playing you, and yeah, your dad, yeah, you're playing you and your dad's mate, and, you, and then they were playing two players, and I had to play all the all. So it kind of worked yeah, that's awesome. Um, where the hell were we? We were talking about, uh, I can't even remember. We're probably onto a new topic anyway. Oh, I think we were segueing on probably sh segueing. sharing characters. With them. <laughs> yeah, sharing characters. Um, <clears throat> so why don't we grab uh, the dice box and anything else that we haven't shown off where we can show, uh, sorry, the coin box and anything else we haven't shown yep. off. Yep. Um, and then we will uh, show off the, the dice tray that we built. You guys have been in the dice, the dice box. <clears throat> um, so the story of this beautiful dice box that I'm about to show off is, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, I run an interactive game of D&D uh, of, of called Twitch Tales on my Twitch channel every weekend. Uh, it is interactive because there are no players in this game. It is just the chat. So I'm the DM, and the chat is uh, the chat is hive mind controlling the actions of the single solitary main uh, main ca character of that campaign, Apis Hive. And in that campaign, it's been going eighty some episodes now. In that campaign, uh, Apis has been given a, a a box containing some divinatory dice, and they can roll them once once a day to get a, a guaranteed yes no answer to a question that they want. Um, as a way of me moving things on as the DM when, when people need need information that they can't work out how to get. Um, so they've got this divinatory dice, and it was in a box that originally said Bobby on the top, because that was the name of the guy who owned the dice before them, but recently they went to the Feywild, where this dice box was created, and the Merry Gentleman, an arch fey in that game, uh, renamed the box Apis, because it now belongs to Apis. The dice of Ask Your DM a Question, that's absolutely right. So this dice box in the game we've had for a while, and I've been using a um, a little wooden box that my brother got me from Costa Rica when he went there, and it had a bunch of like really, really hilariously bad wooden dice in it. Like these are barely even cubes, awesome. and then the ones that they've got individual pips drilled in them, and the six it looks like this. <laughs> it's it's just like oh, just an absolute mess. It looks like it's been a lot of fire in them. It's been it's been they've been hand hand carved, I think, on every every plane. Uh, and he just saw them and loved them and and, and gave me them. I have them on display now in my in my room. Uh, but I kept the, the box for this this dice box, but it wasn't perfect because it says Costa Rica on the top, not Apis. So instead, when I it was coming to Moonforge and he said, "Hey, let's make something for you," I was like, having the actual box that Apis uses in that game of Twitch Tales that looks like fairy Feywood would be absolutely perfect. So here's the reveal. If you want to see the process of it a little bit at a time, you can head to my Instagram. Um, and if you want to see it in a in a uh, less truncated way, you can head to uh, my YouTube page. Your teams are on. <laughs> head to my YouTube page and see the uh, see the whole process later on on YouTube. But I first chose the wood type, and it was black hat sassafras, and I loved it because it has this direct uh, this direct 
um, contrast between the white and the dark, the, the, which he said was uh, because of fungus in the wood, right? That's right. Yeah, so the fungus grows in the wood, uh, and then when the wood dries out, obviously the fungus dies off as well, but it's left behind this beautiful, different contrasting um, uh, black and white sort of thing. And you can see down the end there, you've got this, this uh, the lighting, there we go. You can see that there's this like dark cross held in, held in place by these white corners. And immediately, as soon as I was even just choosing the wood, I, uh, I had these stories going through my head. It's like, yeah. oh, the Feywild is is about sealy and unsealy courts, and so maybe the maybe there's like the sealy tree and the unsealy tree, and the and this dryad grove has kind of like blended the two woods together oh, as it so. grows, and and it's oh, like yeah. it's formed this neutrality kind of wood that keeps the dice from getting uh, too 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 affected by lawful or, or chaos or good or evil or something. Because you've got this four-way cross between like the different uh, different um, like ley lines and stuff. Yeah, the the the, the uh, what are they call the alignments. So I've got all these stories going through my head, and then of course to uh, to reveal the the top later. Let's talk about the inside instead. Ooh, beautiful! Oh, I love it! I love it! So we can keep a full set of polyhedral dice in there. Uh, I actually screwed in these magnets myself to try and uh, to try and have a part in the in the in the production of it. You did a lot of it yourself. Yeah, well, I helped. <laughs> I helped. So we talked about the design of, of uh, what to do, and we basically used the same size as one of the coin boxes, which we'll show you in a minute. Um, but we then hollowed it out to the size of the adventurer's... Uh, yeah. Keep forgetting what you call it. Adventurer's chest. Yeah. Adventurer's chest. Um, so there's a coin box, but pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. very similar designs yeah. anyway. Um, and, then, uh, and then, yeah, we, we watched the whole thing coming together. Uh, I did a little bit of the sanding myself and then headed it, handed it over to a professional so I can finish it so that I didn't screw it up. Um, and then I, uh, I asked, because it was a relatively uh, quick turnaround on getting the design of the, the name Apis engraved on the top, I asked uh, three of the community members who make uh, art for me um, at various times uh, to, to come up with different designs That's of famous. Apis. And then I chose, uh, I chose the one that I, uh, I thought fitted best with the most sort of fairy, fey, wild. And uh, Ajo, I went with your design for the name Apis. Ready for the reveal? Ta-da! Apis with a curly, nice curly, uh, fey, wild kind of uh, writing. And then a, and then a bee, because uh, Apis's companion animal is a giant bee called Mel. Hell yeah. So there we are. There's Apis's dice box and uh, and when I get home and it's a fantastic timing as well because mm -hmm. one thing I did in that campaign was they went to the Feywild to meet the uh, Merry Gentleman and everything and because the Feywild has this mind manipulating magic thing where if you come back from the Feywild you're not you don't have Fey ancestry you couldn't forget your time there. Oh wow. And because it's a solo campaign I had them roll to see if they would remember their time there when they arrived there, as soon as they stepped into the portal to go to Feywild. Do you know the results of those rolls yet? So I rolled, I rolled it, I got a fail, so <laughs> I jumped instead to them coming back to the material plane and skipped over a big time skip of them in the Feywild. Wow. And just went, you arrived back in the material plane, you don't remember your time in Feywild, and everybody in the chat lost their mind like, what did we do? Because <laughs> <laughs> there were so many paranoid people in the chat being like, let's not make any deals with any Fey while we're there, make sure to don't, never give your, full, your real name to the Fey, and never accept any food, and never do this and this and this. And then they jumped back to the Fey, they forgot all their time. Uh, so they went back to the, um, the, the material plane, eventually, Carried on the story from there, piecing together a little bit of your time as to what's happened. One of the things is the dice box had changed names to now say their name, and they were like, "What? Did, what does that mean? Why does the dice box say our name on it now?" Um, 
Uh, and then eventually they went to some Mykonids who did some mind manipulation magic and were like, oh, we can unlock these secrets for you with some shrooms. <laughs> so, they, so they went on this this shroom trip uh and then at that point i jumped back to like a d level of them we jumped back in time and we acted out the what happened in Feywild and had the next few sessions in the Feywild. um and then in the very last session that we've played uh to date was them finishing up everything they were doing in the Feywild and stepping through the portal back to the material plane so we're now jumping back to present day awesome. now that they know why they've got the dice box oh, yeah. so it's an absolutely it's a coincidentally an absolutely perfect time for it awesome. next time we actually play twitch tales uh which is next weekend um they will have the actual dice box in hand full of the the bone dice that's really cool so very excited very pleased with that thank you very much for it i love thank it thank you, you i love it and not only have I now got a uh, tea tree dice uh, keeper. dice keeper, um, but I have a black heart sassafras uh, unique con custom dice box as well. Yeah, we don't actually sell those on the website. No, no, I don't. Yeah. So people are interested. I'll be keen to hear hear about. Yeah, it. yeah it's fine. Thank you. Um, so as I show off these last couple of, uh, of of items, don't forget, guys, that this is, although I do ignore you for the most part, this is a, a, a live stream, so you can ask your questions yeah. as well. If you are, um, if you're finding that I'm ignoring you, which is the case when I've got such interesting guests, uh, just don't forget that you can do the um, the channel point redemption of uh, the D and D quest. Ask me a D and D question. Uh, it only costs you fifty channel points, so by now in the stream you've accrued plenty enough of those. Uh, you can ask your questions. I will open them up at the end, and we will answer the uh, answer the chat questions. Yeah, awesome. This is um, an example of something else that you sell on your site, which is uh, the coin box. I'll just double check. There's no coin is for you. You don't want to show up. Um, this is a coin box. It's a similar size to the the uh, the dice box that was made for me. That, that's Jarrow. This is Jarrowwood, yeah. which is uh, the, the the concrete, durable. It feels like it's got a decent yeah, weight to it as well, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, you could use that as an improvised weapon. Bludgeon <laughs> yeah. somebody to it. Here's the uh, here's the coin box and showed off with my Robert Hartley coin. It fits beautifully inside there, really nice and snug. It it's like I've been told recently that I may have ADHD, and I've also won uh, for a while wondered if I I'm on, on the OCD spectrum as well because just things like this are just super, just viscerally satisfying yeah. when something fits so snugly and so nicely. And then it fits nicely in there. You've got your uh, your dice when uh, your coin when you want to um, uh, carry it, and then when you want to display it. Yeah, oh, it's beautiful. Doesn't that? And it can stand up on your shelf. Yeah, like a little trophy. A little trophy. Yeah, I love it. You can have it if, you, if, if, if the coin was for like. Um, I can imagine the DM having it just like displayed on their DM screen, and and the, and the coin of doom or the coin of fate or something is like like a medal or something. If yeah. you or if you if you if the DM only ever flips it when there's a 50, like death saves or something, yeah, uh, or like there's something like that. death saves would be good because death saves are meant to be 50 50. That's a good idea. Um, yeah. And having the death save coin and be like, well, let's see if you survive. Putting it in the box and being like, oh, not dead. It's a skull on one side, an angel on the other side. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. I've seen people use use it as like a almost like a divine intervention type thing as well. Right, yeah. You can you can use it once to call a god or something yeah, to yeah. come and help you in yeah, a game. Yes or no. Yeah. You love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that these are um turnable as well. Like obviously once they've been playing down, there's gonna be a right and a wrong way, but for the most part they're so well uh designed and manufactured that they kind of work both ways. Yeah. I also really like that when when the uh, when the grains just happen to line up very nice. Yeah, yeah, that's really satisfying when it, when yeah. you get that right. 
Beautiful. Well, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, very much so. I'm sure I will. And then this one is your... That's a dice box. A dice box. So, well, how do you keep a track of all of them? So you've got a dice keeper, a dice box, a dice tray. Yep, an adventurous chest. An adventurous chest. Um, Pens. What is the, what is the one? the adventurous bundle. This is the adventurous bundle. So you, you, can, you, can buy it with, you can buy yeah, it with dice the... Tray. So this is the dice tray. Yep. This is the dice uh, adventurous uh, chest. chest, which you buy as an adventurous bundle. Yep. You get your dice box. Yep. And then the one that's the larger version dice of this, keeper. that's the dice keeper. Right. The dice box should also go in... Is this the same one as this one? Yeah, no, yeah that, that one's been superseded by, by that one. Right, so this so is an earlier version of this. So that logic. box will fit into the tray. Oh, look at that. What a goddamn coincidence, look at that. It's almost like it was made for it. No, crazy. <laughs> it's so lucky. So you could have like two different minis and the dice. And the tray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the Metroplex comes out. <laughs> yeah. You buy, you buy a dice box and the adventures bundle. And then, then you've got, got two trays for your friends as well. You've got, you can take those out. This is actually be a really, really good uh, bundle for the DMs to, to grab. Yeah. Because that is super compact and you can have that in your in your bag and everything. Just have, and then you get it out. You've got, you keep a hold of the dice tray on your side of the DM screen and then you split this one open and give it to the players or whatever. Okay. And just put this one open, and you've got your, mini, your minis in there. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Everything you need. Everything you need. It's quite enjoyably fidgety as well. How about, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, you've got your fidget players, you can, you can have a little play around with it. Um, how about uh, dice towers? You branched out into dice towers yet? We haven't done enough dice towers yet. Um, I'd be keen to know if, if that's something people are interested in. I certainly see a lot of dice towers and dice tower designs and things yeah. on uh, on Instagram and the rest of it. So I imagine that there's a, a market for it. Yeah. Since the, the the dice. I think we have to work out how it fits in with our ecosystem and whether it can sort of fit in with the products. Whether it's yeah. like one of those foldable ones, kind of like your, your coin tray, like having slots so it's in in one, and then you can slot it into something once yeah. it stands. And, and yeah, the engineering process around that is um, super interesting. Yeah. Unpack. Yeah, I, uh, I've seen a whole bunch of really fascinating designs. Ones that are um, definitely three dimensional and and stay that way, like a like a skull or something, a box or something that's that you can't really take apart. Cool. And then other ones that are completely compactable to look like a couple of sheets of paper almost. And then you you the way that you fold it and slot it together can be really yeah. intricate. Do you see many people using dice towers and like? Uh, in-person games when you play it? Um, because of the uh, the lack of um, uh, portability yeah. of many dice towers, yeah. I, I find that most people know. Yeah. Um, what about that? The times that, I, the times that I see dice towers being used is if I'm ever doing a, a, a gym for hire at somebody's house or at a place where they can they can store the dice tower, like yeah. a community center that, where they've got like lockers and things. It's uh, more of a permanent fixture. More of permanent yeah. things, yeah. Um, I also see people using them as uh, more of the GM side of things, um, like uh, GM screens that come with the dice towers as a part of it, and then you can kind of switch which side of the, the GM screen it, it rolls on. So if you want to roll out in the open for a death save or something, or if you want to privatize it, you can flip a little thing and then the dice tower comes down your side. Yeah. So I've seen those sorts of things. How about you guys in the chat? Do you, uh, do you use dice towers? Maybe we get a, uh, a poll going. Uh, do you use a dice tower when you're playing D and D? Enough people want one. We'll build one. Yeah, because yeah. if there's demand for it, there's yeah. a, yeah, that, 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 dice towers. <laughs> uh, dice towers 
that the thing about best sellers is it's always fun to use them if somebody at the table's got one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like uh, the, the, I see the what is it called Dimension Twenty, the um, uh, the series that Brendan Mulligan's the GM for. Um, he uses a, a dice towers for like sp like special dangerous rolls or something like it. It's like it's it's make it or break it time kind of thing. You've yeah. got to succeed at this or not. They'll put the dice tower out and it get, adds to that drama. The cameras can get around and oh on yeah on the train and thing. Ooh. Yeah, very good. Uh, Dredd says Dredd does. Dredd is talking in third person. Uh, Dredd says Dredd rolls a lot of dice and uses a dice tower. That's a really good point. I do see Dredd using a, a dice tower. Um, what about check that out as well? What about the um, uh, what about GM screens? You make you we make, we already cool. make GM screens. You do? Yeah, yeah. Nice. So we make them out of uh, Australian hardwood, right? And they sort of have a magnetic hinge design, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And they're also customizable, so right. you can get them engraved with whatever you like, really. That's um, weird, isn't it? It's mm. a satisfying way to that company. Mm. You got any GM screens here? I don't think I saw them when I was uh, when I was little. Yeah, I think we do. Yeah, I think I've got a couple at my place. Yeah, I think I've got a couple of them yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, Probably should have brought them along. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this would be a good fidget as well. So oh yeah. A satisfying sort of uh, resistance as you turn. Yeah. So we got those hand turned by an Australian uh, wood turner. Right. Who makes hardwood pens and the um. The wood selection that he used uh, matched our library really well. Right. Yeah. Um, so the the quality of of the pen and even the the fittings of the pen itself, yeah, are just really satisfying. I've got a couple of friends who are real stationary nerds. Right. And um, I, I I bought them a a, a pen, and uh, yeah, <laughs> went down really well. Uh, yeah. they, they've gone and bought different color um inks to go, uh, the the cartridges to go inside. Right. So they'll um. Because they, they fit a standard, I think it's like cross style. I think um, that's right, yeah. Yeah, uh, ink refill. So you can replace them with whatever you want. Yeah, and we were talking about leatherwork before. Our leatherwork, I made a little leather patch for it, mm. which was, um, that's all hand punched. Um, yeah, it's such hand stitched, yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. I, um, I've, always, I've always found it fascinating that, like, the, the amount of, um, the amount of, uh, excitement there are for pens on markets like people who, who can really admire great fountain pens and stuff yeah because i've always been so bad at keeping pens that i'm like i could never imagine spending any amount of money on a pen because like <laughs> bricks and biros i can i can replace them when i lose them invariably i don't think i i very rarely use a pen to the point where it's run out <laughs> i use it until it's lost yeah, yeah. My, my wife's got uh the sheer version of that um and so i've stolen it <laughs> um, there was a, there was an ongoing joke when we first launched them that I wasn't allowed to have one. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, as memes that arrive, um, so I swiped my area, yeah. so I still don't have one. I'm just permanently borrowing. Permanently borrowing. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, at the same point of not running out of pens, I also don't really buy them. They just they just you just accrue them from other people who've lost them. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when I was back at drama school or university or whatever, you just find pens that they're around their study room, and you'd be like, "Well, that's that'll replace the one I lost. Yeah, <laughs> somebody else will pick mine up." Yeah, you don't want to lose those though. No, it's super nice. Gosh, no. Yeah, that's, that's that's why I'd be like, hey, that's a drink for somebody else. <laughs> so I would, yeah. I'd be like, this is beautiful, and then the next week I'd be like, where did my pen go? Yeah, that's what I somebody's house. It's such a treasure to write with. Yeah, and it's a weight. It, yeah, the weight was the first thing I noticed. It was like, this is a really beautiful, nice pen. And then when I started opening it, I was like, oh, that's 
it's a silent fidget toy. Like it's yeah. it's got a really nice kind of resistance as you were as you were. Uh, even even the, the pocket clip right, yeah. is is really rigid as well. Yeah. Um, you know, you get your plastic things, you fiddle with the pocket clip and yeah. it pop. Right. Right. Um, sorry, it's all this time. Yeah. But um, yeah, good luck with that. It's really strong. Uh, there was something else I was going to ask about though. Let's see if I can get it back in my head. Um, nope. I think it was just uh, just just rounding out the talk of future future plans for for have you got any particular products that you really want to start making or different designs of things that you're thinking about or some design process? So many things. You know, yeah. So many top secret things. Top secrets. Yeah. Anything any exclusive uh exclusive um what do you call it uh first looks or, or teasers or sneak peeks or anything uh, yeah. you can tell us about well when anything comes available I'll, I'll definitely hit you up you mean a sneak peek yeah. exclusive yeah. wonderful absolutely i think we're going to be really pushing the boundaries on what people have seen in this space yeah so, yeah keep an eye out you know, the map is real yeah it, it really is when you've got so many differently abled and um, differently talented people in the mm -hmm. same spot yeah um you know you'll either get an explosion or you'll get yeah. something magical happen and yeah. uh yeah we, we're not quite sure which one's going to come first what is the process of when something happens like when what's the first thing that you do when you've got this idea do you is it usually paid for you or do you go straight to the computer usually it starts with just a bunch of us sitting around talking yeah and i'll i'll come up with an idea and i'll do, do you guys think we can do this you know there'll, there'll be a back and forth discussion yeah let's do this so we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to solve a problem right yeah yeah well, you know what really annoys me and then yeah and then some, something uh yeah. shoots out from that it just starts with one simple idea and it can turn into a full sometimes sometimes something will um pop up and i'm like oh i hate that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the vultures swarm and i wish it i wish it was blah 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 and yeah. suddenly you've got that idea of well that must that's the market for it then if, you yeah. know, if i'm thinking that other people will be as well yeah, yeah that's the secret sauce i think yeah but i think i would encourage that that kind of feedback from customers or even mm -hmm. people that have heard about us partners you know, you know let us know if there's something that you would like to see that you know we have done like yeah. you have done yeah well, the chances are we can make it that's yeah. amazing the possibility it doesn't really exist with think with larger things as well like gaming tables and stuff you you've made those in the past you've made gaming tables not yet I, i'd love to really get into the whole game yeah. table thing yeah you, uh, I think the process is ultimately the same like furniture design is such a unique skill set because it's um, going to hold a lot more than just design. yeah exactly, exactly right the scale is bigger um the structural integrity to consider mm -hmm. um portability it's a it's a very unique mm -hmm. um unique talent uh, we're fortunate to um have someone uh who we can you know really lean on for that level of expertise mm -hmm. um the, the design elements are different the, the the fittings and fixtures and um the architecture of the piece yeah. is uh it's a, it's a very different world would you like us to make your gaming table rob the VLDR studio is yeah. just being made finally the uh, they were the uh, largest kickstarter in new zealand history we raised i think two and a half first million uh for a VLDR oh, studio because they were sick of hiring out spaces for all the different skits and things and they got to a point where they were like we can we need to start producing ourselves 
Um, and so they've they've been working on the studio. There's a they're going to have the largest green screen, the uh, largest permanent green screen in Auckland, uh, which they're going to be able to hire out to uh, different wow. production companies that come to New Zealand, obviously. Bring it with her. And start yeah, exactly, <laughs> and start, they'll start being being able to um, uh, to earn back some of their own money because even though it was the largest Kickstarter in US history, they've put in so much of their own money yeah, on top of, of that because it's you know, the rent on a huge, uh, on a, the mortgage on a huge um, warehouse sort of studio like that is insane. Just like the table, let us know. Yeah, well, uh, they're working on all sorts of things. They're, one of the sets, the permanent sets, is going to be a tavern, uh, like a permanent tavern. We're having a, a D&D table made for us, and um, uh, and, and I've got my own, like, gym screen. That they've, they've, they've asked me all sorts of, what sort of size uh, um, depth do you want for your table on the inside and then how about on the sides and what sort of screen size and all these different dimensions that I have yeah. to think about like yeah. what is my perfect GM screen size behind the screen Ooh. it's a, it's fantastic and it's on the way and boy it's a big process excited to see yeah for sure um so uh, there was one thing else oh uh, uh, pricing so one of the things I find is uh, an issue for me is that people will often be like, Are you GM for hire? And I'll be like, sure. And they'll be like, what's the price? And I'll be like, what am I worth? I don't how do I how do I decide on what I'm worth? Um, how have you tackled that when you when you're making things for the market? Do you just look at like what's already out there and what kind of pricing, or do you look at like how much it there's sort of multiple ways you can approach pricing, I mm. guess. Yeah. Um, as you said, you know, market research yeah. to you can just test in the waters and see what works and, and what doesn't. Um you know, at, at, at the end of the day, you price something and suddenly it's like, whoops, sold out. You're like, that was maybe undervalued yeah. a little. It, it could be a bit tricky because if your pricing is too high, people don't buy it. If it's too low, they might not buy it either. They might not buy it because it's like, that's not Finding that sweet spot. Um, obviously, looking at how the sausage is made, your wood's not free. Yeah. Um, so there's labor. There is, yep. there is labor. That. Or all of these, all these tools that you've had to get, the, the mortgage or yeah, yeah, place like this. Something, something the lights keep on. Um, but there is a, you know, there is a certain um, quality of the stuff we're producing. And, um, you know, for rare earth magnets and mm -hmm. vegetable tan leather and um, Australian hardwood, yeah, uh, you know, and the quality of the engineering that goes into building this stuff, um, they they really do, um, you know, have an heirloom quality to them. Yeah. So uh, there is a, a certain investment's the wrong word, yeah. but there is a uh, we built the product to last. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not something you're going to throw away after a month. Yeah, not, not like plumbed obsolescence and so no, like no, a lot no, of things no. on the market where it's like, well, if we built it to last, they're not going to buy another. We want to see people with um, stuff in 10 years that's got chips Dints and chips and, and chips and miles on it. It's like, yo, this black stain in the car is from where Sansa spilled coffee on it when I got it. That's why they went, what? Yeah, oh my DM through a you know, one of his steel dice and I protected myself. Yeah, and that, that's a fun story element. And that's, yeah, yeah. We want to see the life of this yeah. and the stories of this would really continue. And, mm. You know, that's what's uh, romantic to us about it. And people really do gravitate towards um, you know, having something that's going to go all, mm. on all of these adventures with them. Yeah, and um, we want to see this thing that's passed down, like maybe to their children or grandchildren. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, or to the like because the uh, G, G, D, D is one of these where people will get into it for a bit and be like life's getting in the way and they'll and so you see like uh, um, 
uh, where they call them on TradeMeIn and, and eBay and stuff like these these lots where it's like uh, just everything in a lot. Just get you, I'm not going to list all of the minis, but you get a bunch of minis if you buy this thing because people get out of the out of the, um, uh, the the hobby and then get back into it later. So yeah. people passing it on to their players and being like, hey, I'm going to sell all this stuff, but I want you to special. Yeah, and and that, that that's really what we think. Um, gravitate people towards um, the the stuff that we're making is there. There is that. It's not disposable. It's not. Um, you know, it's going to fall apart or anything. Mm -hmm. We really want it to have a life of its own. Yeah, and um, you know, people seem to like it, so mm -hmm. we'll keep doing it. I, so, I, 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 so <laughs> it's basically just storage at the end of the day, so it, can, it doesn't have to be for dice or gaming either. Like people exactly. just imagine people getting out of the like falling out of the hobby or whatever and being like, I'm going to keep my paints in here, like my, my paintbrushes in here. Or I'm going to keep coins, like if they've got a coin collection or something. Yeah. Yeah, if I saw it, a dice keeper that's been flecked with paint because someone paints their minis in it, yeah. and it's a nice thing, I would love to see that. <laughs> that would be such a joy. Um, to, you know, to see this reclaimed piece of timber that's been yeah. pulled out of some farmhouse or whatever, uh -huh. um, then shaped into this, and it's gone on these adventures, and then, yeah. then it's got dings, and it's got yeah. these real battle scars of it, and I, I really do, um, there is that sentimentality of, oh, this thing's gone lots and lots mm -hmm. of things. We put a lot of passion into our products and a lot of hard work. It shows. We want to see it shows how many different products we really talk about as well. Like it really shows how you're passionate about the product itself and not just about like being yeah. nice is just a business. That you... So if you do have uh Wimforge products that are uh, have been well loved for a while. Uh, yeah, send photos to send, us. Yeah, but post your photos in, in my Discord, post your photos on Instagram, make sure to tag us in it so we see it. Yeah, um, make sure to get your questions in. I'll start uh, opening up to uh, audience questions awesome. and then uh, chat questions. Uh, so an hour ago, Ajo asked, hopefully Ajo is still in the chat, probably will be. Um, Ajo asked, have you ever used Huon? I understand there are a lot of restrictions on it as well as being soft, but it's like wood made, made of silk and gold. I haven't used, they're talking about Huon Pine from Tasmania. Right. Uh, we haven't used it yet. Why are there a lot of restriction on it? Is it a rare, rare wood? Is it like possibly, endangered or something? Possibly some export restrictions or logging restrictions or right. something like that. So again, we're probably going to see something that's being reclaimed Yeah. because um, there's a lot of that out there. Um, but yeah, pine is technically a soft wood, so it's it's uh it's 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 quite nice to work with, but you have to approach it differently than than you would hardwood. Um, in terms of what, what are we discussing? Because you were also mentioning when I was here last um, that the you have to worry about the uh, the the temperature it burns at as well for when oh, you're yeah. spinning the 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 bits and things when you're drilling it. Yeah, that's right. So um, we'd have to take that into consideration. Um, haven't worked with human pine yet, but what is, the, um, what is the technical difference between soft and hardwood? Is the is it like a spectrum where there is just like this gray area of like this is kind of both? There's no real difference. It just comes down to how it's classified. Right. I believe it's it's based upon so someone somewhere how, kind of in an arbitrary line. Yeah, this is softwood. Yeah, sort of how long, how long it takes the tree to grow, that sort of thing. Right, gotcha. Um, I believe is really the only difference. It's not any real difference between its density. There are hardwoods that are really soft, oh, right. softwoods that are really hard. <laughs> so, no, it's a bit confusing. This is why, because I went back to university recently, yeah. uh, a few years ago, um, when I decided acting wasn't for me before I discovered D&D. &D. 
Um, and I was like, I'm going to do something academic. And I tried out all of the different sciences at first because I wasn't really sure what to do. And very quickly, biology was like, I really love biology and zoology, but I'm gonna, I, I can't study it because it frustrates the hell out of me <laughs> that everything that life is a no obligation to fall into neat boxes. Oh, yeah. But I need things to be in neat boxes for me to understand it because I, I was like, you know, you, you get it in biology all the time. It's like, oh, there are no X that ever Y, except for this example. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it gets really confusing is when you look at names, like particularly you know, like informal names, like right. uh, you know Tasmanian oak. But you know it has some similar properties. They do that a lot because it's Tasmanian uh, tiger. Was it? It was. It was because it was striped, but it was a, It was wasn't anywhere close to relive. Yeah. Like massive yeah. progressive. Yeah, you get that a lot in biology, and then I was like, I can't deal with that. Yeah, so I stuck with physics and maths, where it's like, there's a right and wrong, there's, yeah. a, there's a box that it falls into. Physics makes the sense, right? What's that? Oh, it's a black hole. What's <laughs> a giant hole? It's black. It's a giant hole. It's black. Yeah. It's black. yeah. Uh, if you want to say very soft, uh, it just it's like silk and gold. In what respects is silk like the colour you mean? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's cool. Uh, you hope to work with it one day if you can get your hands on some of it. Yeah. The opportunity cost is there. Um, we have a wood library on our website that um, every time we we work with any wood, we add to that and sort of do mm. a little bit of a write-up nice. about, you know, how, the wood, it how it's used. So it does make sense, because then when the next time it comes back in, you can be like, how was it last time we worked with this? What yeah, that's, that's probably kind of a website. Go to woodforce.com and have a look at the wood library. Oh, nice. um, you know, we love to share yeah. the, you know, the experience we've had. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we find it really interesting. Um, but we're also massive nerds. So, what is it, what is the rarest wood you've ever worked with? Ooh, probably, maple, maybe? No, probably, probably Macasa Ebony would be up there. Um, it's a very, very rare. Well, it's, it's rare in the sense that it's hard to get in Australia. Um, it's very dense and very, um, very expensive as well. So <laughs> you kind of don't want to mess it up. Yeah. You know, be very careful with yeah, it. Yeah, that must be tough because as we say, you've got to kind of trial and error to see what settings work, but you've yeah. got to be, it's like you yeah. can't afford to mess with this too much. Some high pressure situations that occur sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's yeah lots of things go in and just, like, like the other day, just hover over the stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> sweat <beating. laughs> uh, a lot of those, A lot of the times, those sorts of woods are used as veneers, so they're cut up into thin pieces. Um, so then you can sort of laminate that on top of another piece of wood. So you still get that effect, but it's a more um, cost-effective and sustainable that way makes, to, that makes to, sense, yeah. to enjoy that wood. Yeah. Yeah. Make something that you know you're going to be able to actually make it, <laughs> and it's yeah. durable. Yeah. And then veneer it with something that looks different. Yeah, I think we've actually got a photo of a Macasa ebony and red oak dice keeper on our Instagram. Excellent. Which um, we made as a, as a present for, for one of the guys here. Nice. Yeah. And it's That's so one of my favorites. And your socials, your Instagram's just wooden forge, isn't it? Wooden forge and all the things. Everywhere, yeah. Any, all any socials that you're not on yet? Sorry, you're getting on, you're on, you're on TikTok? Yeah, we're on TikTok. Yeah, and TikTok, Twitter, and Twitter Instagram, all places. Facebook. So, wooden forge on all the different things. Um, Kelso asked an hour ago, uh, how long do you have to cure wood before you start to work on it? Does it depend on the wood? Imagine so. It, it does, and it depends on the moisture content of the wood. Right. Um, and the humidity of the air that you're in. Yeah. yeah. So, so generally, you want uh, the wood when it's when it's green, when it's a tree, you just cut it. It contains a lot of moisture. Mm. The purpose of a tree is really to absorb yep. absorb moisture yep. um, to to live. Um, so, you really need to get that moisture level down 
I was dry enough to work with with tools. Yeah. But there's too much moisture in it. Uh, working with it is very difficult and can be dangerous as well. Yeah. Right. Um, so we it's have like captions. Yeah. Spin the whole thing. Yeah. All sorts of things like that. Um, so we have moisture meters and things that we have to check you know, that it is a right moisture content for us to. And to is it usually with. dried out and everything before it comes to you, or do you have to do a lot yeah, of that yourself? Sometimes, yeah. Because um, it's already been worked for something. Yeah, yeah but it's not being reworked for you know, small, you know, little heirloom mm-hmm. pieces. It's been, uh, you know, a bench out in someone's backyard yeah. or something. It's been rained on for forty right, years. Right, gotcha. So there is there is that um, every piece is unique. Yeah. So. The, the reclaim stuff is the real trick. How often do you get a piece and you eventually you're just like, we can't work with this? There's nothing well, it's, it's more a case of just leaving it to dry. Right. So, so any piece you get, you're going to be like, we'll still get something out of it. Yeah, yeah. It may take a little while. Yeah. Um, usually when they cut trees down and they, 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 they mill it into pieces, yeah. they either put it in a kiln or they let it air dry. Air drying can take years. Yeah. Uh, kiln can usually take a matter of months right. to dry. Wow. Um, yeah. Lot <laughs> yeah. But often when we get a piece of wood, we let it sit in the workshop for a while just to let it acclimate yeah. to the yeah, uh, to this particular humidity. Because yeah. yeah. I, 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 I imagine in Perth it's not too humid too often. It's been relatively rainy while I've been here. It's tough moments, but it's been storms. Yeah, for the most part, it's pretty, pretty stable. Yeah. yeah. So we, 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 we usually leave it in there to acclimate to, to our, our own. Yeah, you know, watch watch the content here in the workshop. Yeah. Um. If if you don't do that, you can risk the wood sort of warping and bowing quite yeah. significantly, or even cracking. Mm. Um. Because wood continues to absorb moisture throughout its life, yeah. even as a product. Yeah. Um. It will eventually acclimate to the yeah. You get the old dolls that haven't been finished properly that won't even go into the door jam mm. anymore because it's just absorbed the water. Yeah, that's right. So leaving it to sort of season and acclimate is mm. is, is pretty key for stability. Yeah. But also um you have to work with wood movement it's something that's that is going to happen regardless of of the wood and how it's finished yeah um so, so either you can try and force it not to mm. which can result in problems mm. like cracking and splitting yourself that or you can just accept that it's going to happen and work around it yeah and you build those tolerances and yeah. so like the, the the fittings where um where you snap it together yeah like you build tolerances into that um, yeah, and so you can work out like they call tangential wood movement. There are statistics available online where you can see how much a certain species huh. uh, grows and shrinks, and you can factor that variable into the design of, of your products as well. Does it does it matter for for sort of like the longer products like your adventure chest? Does it matter whether you're going sort of with the grain or against the grain in in that respect? Is yeah. how much it absorbs and stuff? Yeah, and in terms of how it moves as well. Right. So something like an adventurous chest will sort of tend to 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 bow. Or, or cup um sort of a lot le- lengthways right um and so you want to factor that into the design gotcha. yeah, that's so much to think about. yeah it's kind of cool because it's not really um it's not really like precise it, it's it's something it's random and it's, it's something out of it that yeah. you need to account for because every piece is different and has its own personality <laughs> if you like yeah yeah the wood doesn't really care that you're making it into something no. it's going to do its own thing anyway thing. Is there, no, any, man, is, is there any particular wood that you haven't worked with that you want to at some point? Ooh. Got a pretty good selection. Oh, the cowrie. Oh, yeah. Cowrie's yeah. beautiful wood. Cowrie's a uh, New Zealand wood. Um, my parents had a uh, cowrie table that was swamp cowrie. 
um, was like 40,000 years old or something and pulled out of a swamp and Ooh. turned into this beautiful table where they've kept the the wriggly design of the outside, but you get to see this beautiful finishing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be pretty good. good. It's amazing how that wood has been preserved for all this time. Mm. Yeah. And uh, now it's still available and you can make things out of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's beautiful stuff. Um, Kelso asks, uh, stain over paint or paint over stain for outdoor wood decor, cedar golf tea markers. Or is varnish better? Let's talk about, we didn't really talk about finishes in much detail at all. Like, what, what's yeah, I mean, we tend not to use stains because we we prefer to sort of showcase the natural color of the wood. wood yeah. um, but generally, if you're using something for outdoor purposes, you'd want a, a really tough finish. So something like a polyurethane or a varnish right. or something like yeah. that um, really protect against the elements. Mm -hmm. So you put the stain if you want to color it different yeah. color and then you put a layer of, of varnish or, varnish or volumes, yeah, yeah. On, on top of that and, my advice. and what about the finishes for your products that, uh, what yeah you so, so for our products we use a natural um hard wax mm -hmm. uh, oil type finish it's uh non-toxic and i think it gives it a really nice feel on the hands yeah to feel the grain you can yeah, feel it too unlike the uh unlike the the stuff you're going to be walking on on a deck outside you're not really going to be you know, focused on the main important thing being yeah. the, the feel. Of Different use case. You're never standing on a dice keeper, or at least you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, people get away with that. That's not its intended use. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you're going to be picking it up and handling it, you're going to be passing it around and be opening. So you want to touch it and you want to be able to yeah, still yeah. feel that it's wooden, not like a coat of plastic over it. And the, and the smell of it as well is yeah. super important as well. Like one of the first things you do, you get any wood. You mm -hmm. that smell. I, can, I love the smell yeah. of the tea tree uh, dice keeper. Yeah, um, it doesn't feel like plastic and doesn't feel it doesn't smell like chemicals. It, it feels natural. Mm. So you use a, so you said it was wax a uh, wax oil. Yeah, it's a, it's a wax oil blend. Right. Um, and it's actually very easy to repair as well. If you have scratches, right, wears away over time. Probably something we'll we'll do in the future is is release like repair kits. Yeah. Um. So if if anyone has a ding or a scratch and they want to repair that. Um, yeah, help you able to buy that from yes. on the website as well. And what's the uh, what's the process of finishing it? Once you've got it all to the pro fi final thing, you how many coats do you do? How long does it take? Oh, layers and layers. It's all done. Yeah, it's such a sponge, and it all just sort of keeps it. How did, and it's an experience thing again to know when it's done. Like how how many? It will tell you. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm done now. Don't worry about it. I'm not absorbing anymore. I'm done. Yeah, it depends on look and feel what you want. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to feel rough, or you want it to feel smooth, or um, you want it shiny, or you prefer it matte, right? Gotcha. It, it you really can depends on the look you want. Extras, right? Yeah. Wonderful. Um, Creative Garden asks, "What do you do with all the sawdust?" I was actually going to ask that myself and forgot. Uh, is it recyclable? Does it go to a landfill? Can it be reclaimed in some way? Yeah. So at, at the moment, nothing. <laughs> but, <laughs> just, but, just, but keep, just, just keep it because we're looking at other options as well for for how how we how we um deal with that yeah. even like reconstituting sawdust back mm. into usable product or um like people with like horses and, and things use it right. well yeah uh, people using their gardens yeah like sort of good, right. good, um, good yeah. for that so, yeah, also, we've got so, so much all sorts of options yeah yeah really come to see like yeah here's a keepsake bags the size of rob just just I really do. I took some uh, took some B roll footage of when the um, when the downdraft table was was on. It was sanded, and it's like spinning around. It's really cool looking, but it's just, 
Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Bag saw the so much. Which is awesome. It gets everywhere. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. It's quite it's uh, incredibly flammable as well because it's aerosolized already. <laughs> yeah. Um and really bad to breathe in too, so it must be some of the yeah. uh, health and safety stuff to be aware of. Yeah, there is a lot of the down draft table is part of that as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, just yeah. making sure that dust is controlled from the source. Mm. Yeah. Um yeah, things like uh you proper PPE, mm-hmm. um, making sure yeah, dust dust control is in place. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of health and safety um concerns, you know, in a woodshop that yeah. need, need to be addressed. Yeah, take that pretty seriously. Yeah, yeah um, I imagine you'd have yeah. to. One of the things that's really critical, we're working with our friends, yeah, like we're working with people that we really love and care about, mm. um, keeping them protected with all of this. There's essentially dangerous transformers out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the Decepticons don't care that you're not me, no. So, uh, we really want to do, we really do want to keep our uh, our, our loved ones, yeah, it's something we, we definitely drill into our people, even, even from the point of view of um, like mental health as well, if right. you're not in the right frame of mind a particular day or you, you know you've had a bad day or something mm. sometimes it's better just to walk away yeah and to we'll sit down to and chill out talk or instead instead of you know using machinery right. or do awesome. something sort of uh, a bit more relaxing awesome yeah, it's, it's really very, cool. very important to us yeah like, you good. Good. care about the people who are making the things that you care about that's the yeah i mean my, my parents always said the adage of if you take care of your employees they'll take care of the business so like you've got to take care of your, your from an internal yeah, source and, yeah we're very fortunate that we we get to work and play with the people that you know are very special to us yeah. so um it does add that extra layer of responsibility and care yeah. uh, junior care yeah um, over the top of um yeah what is essentially running the business but yeah. there's an extra um you know, extra level of they're all superstars and we couldn't do this without them for sure yeah yeah and you know everything that we have is um you know been a they're subject. not watching you can... no no we don't care <laughs> they're our friends and we want them first but yeah. we are we are very very privileged to be able to work with you know absolutely rock stars you met jeff the other day yeah he's awesome you know, really friendly and really helpful in like yeah. guiding me through the process without yeah. feeling patronizing as well which was really important oh he can be patronizing i'm <laughs> <laughs> at the table but uh yeah we've played D with almost everyone here i think oh, i have played yeah 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 it's the induction we're all here because we love turns like Pandy yeah. first and foremost. Yeah. And that's just part of that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, Rafe asks, is there anything you can't or haven't yet made that you'd absolutely love to create a dream project? What's your dream project you'd love to work on? Oh, every one of these projects is my dream. <laughs> um, it's such a lawyer answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, True, though. I want a cabinet. Like, I, I would love it. Like, an online. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What? For minis? Yeah, mini. Yeah. yeah. Well, now you've said it. Thanks, now you I want it. We can bring your minis in to say Now I do. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I just thought, <laughs> I, mean, I, I love you know, antiques and I love antique furniture and that kind of thing. Love you it. go to any antique store in, in you know, Western Australia, you're going, the only wood you're ever going to see there is Jarrah yeah. because it lasts forever. It's you know, made out of rebar or whatever. Mm. Um, so I would love to have a brand new antique, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Like something yeah. with old school, high quality yeah. craftsmanship. But um, it's made of you know 
brand new antique. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's like a, it sounds like a, an oxymoron or just juxtaposition, but all the antiques had to have been brand new at some point. And everything yeah. that is an antique now was brand new, and you, there has to be things that are being made now that will become antiques because of the quality and yeah. the, the durability. Even the long like my seam work and the, the, the cast iron finishes. And, yeah. Yeah, fittings. I love brand new cast iron yeah. in this brand new. Uh, that would be the, the dream project for me. That'd be I'd really, really love to know what the chat would like us to make. Yeah, chat. Get your uh, get your suggestions yeah. in and things you things you'd actually like to make. I also missed the uh, poll answer when that finally finished. Uh, one of my mods will tell me what was the results of the the poll um, uh, for the the dice towers and whether they use them. Batnerd <clears throat> uh, asks. Have the Woodenforge boys ever heard of polymagnets? If not, would recommend a quick Google. If they uh, have, would they consider using them? I think those are the, from memory, polymagnets, I think, are the ones that claim to be like, oh no, I'm thinking of monopoles, which are theoretical. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know what polymagnets are. I was thinking the wrong thing. Uh, not no, something that's come up on our radar yet, I think. Oh, I will look. Yeah. yeah. We'll check it out. Polymagnets. Yeah, cheers for the heads up. Uh, Frank Fish says, do you often work with cherry uh, cherry wood? And if so, how often have you had to explain that cherry darkens quickly over time? Mm, I have worked with cherry wood, actually. Um, one of the first couple of products we made was with cherry. Yeah. Um, so different types of cherry, too. In, like, after it's made, you like, hand it up and all the... It turns like a, a golden brown colour, oh, which is really good. nice. Um, is it like an oxidisation thing? Yeah, just pretty yeah. much. Cool. Um, Cherry is kind of difficult to work with as well because it burns quite easily on the table saw. Right. Uh, it smells beautiful. Yeah. And it's it's very very easy on the tools like chisels and stuff. Right. Like that. So is it a case of you you would adjust for that by getting a little light, larger than you need and then sanding back with without table saw? Yeah, you could either do that or you just might have to adjust your process a little bit, right. go a little bit faster. Right. Um, in, in the cut and that sort of thing. Cool. Um, but there's different types of cherry, as you know, confusing as wood names are. Yeah, we've worked with American, American sweet cherry and European cherry. It sounds like a pie. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> does. It definitely made me salivate a little bit. Um, apparently, the poll ended at fifty percent people voting for if you make it, they will come. <laughs> Copy that. Watch your space. Um, uh, it just says, "I love the flip castles." I don't know what those are. But apparently that's something that I like. Um, any of the else? Uh, dice towers, dice, uh, and tokens for inspiration. Those are those are my uh, favorite things. Um, Cinder asks, does Wooten Forge make drink coasters? Actually, like? yes. Um, In the match so? No. Oh, coasters. Yeah. Yeah. Jump again. Yeah. Yeah. Grab the coasters. Um, it's not something we put on the website. Um, just because it was kind of like a bit of a prototype and yeah. we sold them at um, conventions and things like that. Um, but if people are interested, we'll put it up there. Show off. Show off. Nice. So we make the pretty thick. Um, they're they're chunky boys, but there's a reason for that, which I'm about to um, reveal in a second. But if you can see, um, is that coming through in the camera? It's going through. I yeah, guess. so they've got like laser engraved art on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go get them. I'll put one on the other one. So this is the um, Ocular Tyrant. <laughs> and um, Rod's got the um, the dragon there. Um, but the reason they're so thick is because they've got a bottle opener and a magnet so you can stick them to the side of your fridge. Yeah. But fridge magic, fridge magnet, bottle opener, and uh, Crystal, all in one. That's brilliant. 
It's very detailed. detailed. Very detailed laser engraving. That's Queensland Maple. Queensland Maple. Awesome. Love. So, yes, hit us up. Email us info at woodentorch.com. <laughs> yeah, as many as I like. Maybe, uh, yeah, if you want coasters, they got them. Uh, and the last question we had from the fans, for now anyway, um, was Chris, uh, from Krista Estrata. Have you all tried making a set of dice from the wood on the CNC machines? Can it be even used like that to make a set of dice? Not yet, but I'd like to. Yeah, well, on dice, that'd be tough because you've got... It can be done on a CNC. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen that done before. Uh, we have a... On our CNC machine, we've got a fourth axis. Mm -hmm. a rotary attachment. Right. Whereas you think of it like a little lathe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it can spin and the cutter heads and you can sort of cut out whatever, yeah. whatever you want um, in a rotary fashion. So... Yeah, so if you had a row of dice, you could do it that way. Yeah. Uh, it's not something we've tackled yet, but um, it's been on the list for a lot. Yeah, yeah, I'd give it a crack at some point. Nice, that's that's incredible. Um, Kelsey says, I need more money to buy all of those things, <laughs> I need them now. Um, uh, Adrian says, I think, in regards to what the flip castles was, you cut into a burl or something and make tiered angled wiggly cuts and when you flip the piece upside down all the wedges pop up and wedge into the shape of the castle i have seen those yeah where it looks like a single block of wood uh, but they're all gotcha they're all um cut in such a way that they they will shake out and they'll pop into the castle i have seen those on instagram and things and they'd be intricate though um <laughs> i see if a girl says oh that is a coaster yeah, yeah chunky meaty, boy meaty coasters meaty chunky coasters yeah you just need to put a big drink on top yeah, big old, you need your tap. Yeah. your tankers. Swarven ale. Wonderful. Well, that's the end of the questions, and that's the end of our time as well, so perfect timing there. I love it. Um, so, uh, at the end of our short rest, do you feel you got your spell slots back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, we're ready to tackle <laughs> some more of these uh, more of these, these side quests that we're on. Wonderful. Um, well, we'll pay our, ta pay our tavern uh, bill with the, the delightful gold coins that we've got lying around, and uh, let people know where people can find you. Thank you. Don't worry. I'm Mate Noah. I'm working for Wooden Forge. You can find us at woodenforge.com. Uh, I'm actually going to be guest starring on the Eldritch Scribe um, Sunday and Monday. Um, that's a secret. I don't think that's <laughs> well, not a secret anymore. Um, so you can catch me. You can catch me on the Eldritch Scribe uh, 7 p.m. Western. Um, but generally, you just find me around here. Yeah, and I'm Eric Wooden. I work at Wooden Forge as well, makers of Australia's highest quality. Tabletop gaming accessories. Nice. Check us out at, at uh, woodenforge.com. And thanks very much, Rob, for oh, having us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Awesome conversation. I nice. loved hearing from the questions from chat. That has been wonderful. It's been great for me as well. I love uh, I love short rests. It's such a good uh, such a good series because I just get to meet and chat with so many yeah. so many amazing people. Uh, and if you are new to my channel, if you've just tuned in, or if you're here from Woodenforge's uh, community and you're you're new to me, I'm Robert Hartley, GM. I'm a full-time professional dungeon master, TTRPG player, uh, content creator, nerd. Uh, this is what I do for a living. And uh, and your bits and subs and donations and uh, support on Patreon and things is literally how I pay my bills and how I can pay for travel to places like Perth where I can meet amazing people. Uh, so thank you very much for all of your support and do consider sticking around in the community. Until next time, uh, thank you to the mods. Thank you to everybody for being in chat and thank you for all your wonderful questions. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. That's all for that episode of Short Rest, but if you want to be there for the next one live, don't forget to head over to twitch.tv forward slash roberthartleygm and click the little love heart to follow the channel. Alternatively, you could wait for it to hit my YouTube channel at roberthartleygm, or if you really enjoy my work and want me to keep making it, head over to patreon.com and consider supporting me a few dollars a month. I really appreciate it.
Thanks for listening.